Hey there, folks. What do you know? We're here. We're finally here. I've been racking up the, the conversations on the road, but with 200, it's here. We're finally here, and it's pretty much just a normal episode that we normally have. Talking about stuff, just pals sitting around the table, uh, including our pal Joe Marino, who is back for the sixth time, but the first time since he's officially announced his mayoral candidacy uh, for the city of Utica. So we had a really excellent conversation, maybe our longest conversation in the show's history. I'd have to go back uh, to the archives and check, but we we gave her to run for it. Uh, also this week, Heather and Kevin are back late on a Sunday Easter evening uh, as we're breaking down what it took to get here 200 episodes later, uh, what the future holds, a couple weird games, one that's better on the air than the other, uh, and some history lessons, because what would this show be without history lessons? Thank you, folks. Thank you, all the true believers out there, everyone who makes this show possible by tuning in uh, and giving me a reason to keep doing this every week, because you guys are the best, and we are so happy, as always, that you're here. We're back, folks. We're back. Hey there, folks. We're finally, finally here. It's episode 200. Um, I mean, I don't... If anyone was expecting some sort of, like, special episode, you're not getting it. It's just a normal episode of the show. Congratulations, folks. 200. Uh, we figured in honor of 200 episodes, just do the same things we always do. And interview people we know. There you go. Uh, and have a good time here together on a very late uh, recording time for us, normally. It's a couple hours later than we'd mm-hmm. normally record. Uh, I have some earnest things to say, but first let me introduce everybody. Uh, of course, Heather Waz is here drinking cranberry juice, weirdly, later. I know, night. I just was craving something other than water. And then you were, before the mics went on the air, you were going off on a tangent about how it has a lot of sugar yeah, in it. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> 10 ounces with 32 grams of sugar, so I'm probably going to die. And of course, uh, Kevin was, or Kevin Sullivan is here, and he was saying how all juices are terrible for you. Fruit juice is bad for you. It's just sugar. <laughs> just because it has pictures of fruits <laughs> on the label doesn't mean it's any different it's than Gatorade. Juice. Doesn't mean it's any, any different than Coca Cola. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love fruit juice. I'm, I drink a ton of. I love cranberry juice. I like all these juices, but I'm under no illusions that it's doing anything positive for me as a well. whole. <laughs> Before. Uh, and of course, I am your host and producer, Sam Famolaro. Uh, 200 episodes in, we're here. Uh, before we do that, as we're talking about it, can you give me a quick ranking of your juices? What's your top juice? Cranberry number one? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Pedestrian. Uh, oh, probably wow. either cranberry oh. apple or cranberry grape. Ooh, cranberry grape is, grape is high really on my list. Good. Yeah, I like cranberry apple quite a bit. Um, I, I like think, all the juices. I guess I sort of meant more of like a singular, like a singular juice yeah, like as a opposed to like a mixed juice. Like traditional juice. apple. Like a pineapple juice? Is that pineapple. too much? Pineapple Ooh. juice is quite a bit. It's a bit oh. sometimes. I like quite it. Quite a bit. Grape juice. Grape juice. Okay. Yeah. White yeah. grape or purple grape? <laughs> White grape juice is like a, a booby prize. I didn't have purple. <laughs> what's, what's this one 
I don't grape mind juice. white grape juice, but that's a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Juicy Juice? It used to be in a can. Yeah. Wasn't that in a can? Juicy Juice was in, in a, a can. can. Yeah, come in a big can. You have to punch the hole yeah. in the top. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> <laughs> Left over from the Great Depression, World War II. <laughs> <laughs> Relabeled. Weirdly, I actually just watched a whole video today on, uh, it was on CNBC about government cheese, and it was a crazy video. Ew. I know. It's that weird. That seems like something that would definitely come up on your YouTube recommendations. <laughs> yeah, it was right after a video. You watched it too? How long? Of course it was. It was like 20 minutes. YouTube knows. It was good. And then I also watched one on why Taco Bell does so well in the U.S. but not internationally. That was also very interesting. That's interesting. I'd like to see that one. That was a good one. We can like watch that one later. That. Oh, you're going to go to sleep after this. I'm dying after this. <laughs> no, she's not watching. That was CNBC Taco Bell expose. <laughs> Heather, thank God you're finally here. Happy Easter. <laughs> so anyway. That's what I was looking forward uh, to. Heather was laughing at us because when we she came in to do the podcast, we were watching American Idol. Yeah. And you, I think I, I sort of forgot until we saw a commercial for it before it came out that American Idol was still on on television. I guess I maybe that's my own fault. Maybe they have like new producers or something of it too. Now. It seems like a very different show now because yeah. Simon Cowell's not there and I always associate him with American yeah. Idol. It's just people singing on TV. Yeah, that's and really yeah, all that's there what is, the show is to it. Yeah. Like it's just well, it's I, all cuz there's like we're flipping through the channels, right? The only couple channels that come on the satellite, and that's the, yeah, the, the satellite, channels. the wire that comes out of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Still works. So it was one of the few things but what were there were like four stations that just had people singing like it's no, it could have been American Idol, it could have been anything. There was it some was, award show. It's all just kind of the same. It was a, It was World of Dance was on one channel, oh, and then well. yeah, you don't like World of Dance? Oh, I was I, I, I you know, kind it of seemed terrible. aggressively low budget. <laughs> it seemed just from the commercial, it seemed really really poor. Yeah. Well, there we go. American Idol. That's our quick recap of all the... Appara- oh, Justin Parkinson and Ben Utica, who was here last week, did stop in to say that, was it America's Got Talent is the only one that matters of all the television reality shows? Yeah, America's Got Talent. He said he was in on that. And then The Voice as well. I don't know. Mm, I feel like... Bad. Here's the thing. When American Idol first showed up, it felt like a big deal because if you won it, it felt like you would actually get something from it, like the Kelly well, Clarkson thing. It was the only place you could be seen. Yeah, there weren't other there weren't other shows YouTube. like that at the time. It felt like a big deal because back then we still believed them <laughs> when they told us, "Hey, this is a big deal." Now they right. say it on the commercials and the ads, and people are like, "No, no, no it's not." But That's Clarkson bullshit. was a big deal when she won, yeah. right? Like she so actually was a, was a success. Deal. The first she was the yeah. first one, right? Was it only she the, didn't even win? Did she? Yeah, she, she did won. win. She, she, was she, no, no, she did win. I, don't know, so. I remember watching she, it. She did win. She beat Justin Guarini. And then I they made that, that movie. Can't remember. Yeah, that's right. They did that movie I from can't. from Justin to Kelly, which oh, is considered oh. one of the worst movies ever it made. It really is. Uh, and then that guy is now Little Sweet from the Dr Pepper commercials. You ever see that little guy who's like, "It's oh. the sweet one." The that's little, not him. That's him. He's this, that's the the other American Idol guy, Justin Guarini. Look it up. There's your fact of the day for episode 200. <laughs> the guy who came in second place to Kelly Clarkson is now the spokesperson. For Dr. Pepper. I can't. Little sweet. Okay. Yeah, no, it's true. Okay. I think you just like singing it. <laughs> I do like singing it. Uh, let's get to some some actual podcast content okay. here in episode 200. There's a whole bunch there. Uh, no, so listen, Joe Marino is back uh, for what I found out was his sixth time on what? the podcast. Wow. I told him right in the interview that I have to start imposing term limits on him for being on this podcast. He can only be on so many times. Uh, no, but uh, he was on for episode 100, so it felt right to have him on for episode 200. Sure. Uh, this is the first time he's been on since he's announced he's running for mayor. Uh, so we had a really long, uh, in-depth conversation. Probably one of our longest podcast interviews we've ever done. It's given Genesee Joe a run for his money. Uh, 
we talked a lot about the process of what goes into being uh, running for mayoral candidate. Um, talked a lot about issues and stuff. He he loves to chat it up on the show. So we had a really nice, earnest conversation. Kev, we actually hung around for a while and talked to him afterwards. He uh, he's a good guy. I like talking to Joe a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wish I was here. Oh yeah. <laughs> good, you guys got to talk to him. Glad. Uh, I do have a couple quick things I want to say since it's episode 200. I just want to thank uh, a few people uh, who've made this show possible over the years. First off, uh, all the folks out there listening on the podcast. I have Again, I have a hard time defining how many people we actually reach with this show sometimes on multiple platforms. Uh, but, you know, we always get really nice reactions from people and people seem to really like the show and come talk to us. And I don't tend to get a lot of negative reactions, which I think is probably the... The nicest thing yeah. I could, I've been told over the years, like there's very few people who seem to like come after the show or be angry with us. And I feel like maybe that means we're doing something right. Like we, we seem to have a high uh, likability. <laughs> uh, so thanks to all the great listeners who give me uh, a, a reason to keep doing this every week. And uh, if you guys keep listening, I'll keep putting out the shows. It won't be the last one, I promise. Not me. I'm done after this. <laughs> I'm out of here right before the interview. <laughs> uh, I want to thank uh, all the hosts we've had in the history of the show who are no longer with us. I mean, not on the, with they're with us. They're, <laughs> they're here, obviously. Uh, of course, here with us in spirit. <laughs> of course, the original legend, uh, Aaron Higgins, Ooh, who, as I've mentioned many times, funniest. probably one of the, the, the primary reason the original idea for this show was formulated was to get her... In front of a microphone to, to rant about the Mets and television. Uh, I want to thank to Justin Parkinson from Made in Utica, who I give a hard time because he deserves it. Uh, <laughs> because he deserves because every he, inch of it. He deserves it. Uh, but Justin is, you know, uh, for uh, for all the, the hard times I give him, he's been a big uh, supporter of the show, especially in terms of digital stuff and helping us get the website set up and getting uh, helping me understand baseline internet technology well enough to... To get this show out here for you folks. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mara, who uh, is sort of the forgotten person who was on this show for a while. Mara, right, you forgot? I, I think a lot I of people about forget her about her. From Mara? Yeah, I hear about her. I don't know. I feel like I think you, I feel you like forgot. You I forget. I'd never forget Mara. <laughs> I think uh, you forgot. You forgot. You talk about I forget Cliff was on the show. So Cliff Montoni as well, who was, He's been on a bunch. He was on a lot of times. Uh, there was a period. And of course, uh, thanks to Heather. Oh, hi. Heather. Mm-hmm. Heather, who really, you came in, you cemented right. down the third seat, the anchor <laughs> to this podcast. Uh, and uh, I guess that's sort of where I get to the third part. I want to thank you guys. I know that uh, for me, as a crazy, insane person who spends, who sort of, uh, I've said to people in privately that this, doing this show and doing this podcast sort of gives me an anchor in my weekly life mm-hmm. to sort of anchor me back to the reality of the world and not go crazy. It's sort of my... Uh, Let's call it a therapy session. You can call it like a, a weird little creative hurdle I give myself every week. But it's important to me in that aspect. But uh, you guys and your ability to indulge me in it uh, <laughs> has allowed me to really uh, keep going. And it gives me uh, great pleasure to work with you. And thank you so much oh, for everything. And Kev, fun. really, 200 weeks, you have I don't think you've missed... Well, I missed one or two. Very oh, few, though. Over I missed the... one or two. It's, it's definitely happened. I don't remember when, but I yeah. know that it's happened. No, but I, you know, you, this show was somewhat foisted upon you. Oh, make no mistake. <laughs> it's rare for me to miss it. Uh, uh, and a true story, I don't know if Kevin has ever actually once said he enjoys doing this. He just does it anyway. Uh, but I think that, you know, I, much like when we were playing in bands together for many years, uh, my ability to rely on Kevin without having to, like, uh, write specifically for him or give him direction 
uh, allows me the freedom to sort of help put the show where it is. So, Kevin, thank you for that. You're very welcome. I think it would be fun if you wrote lines for me. I would. You to should write lines and we're natural. like, next Heather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, write like a whole script for the yeah. whole show. No. Um, I really like baseball. Could you imagine how sick you would have to be? To be like, all right, guys, listen. So this is what I'm doing. Here's the script. Because you that means you've written your own lines yeah. to interact with your friends when, well, when you talk about caught up in the narrative, when the show first started, I would do that though. I would write not lines for myself, but I would have like takes that I would write down to make sure that I would write on the page so I could get them out. Like I got three lines of content that I want to hit about uh, Donald Trump's hair or whatever it was. Uh, No, (laughs) I'm also kind of glad that uh, I've finally sort of leaned away from talking about politics as regularly on the show. I think there was a period of time. Well, because there was a lead in. That was not the regularity of the show. That's not what the show was about for a long time. But then, I mean, that fucking 2016, that Trump wave just sort of came in and dominated the conversation for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Ruined everything. I think, and and I... I, also true. (laughs) uh, And I do think that... uh, you know, if, if there were folks, I think, who were afraid that we were going to start getting a little bit too political, I'm glad that we we didn't. Mind you, we do have an hour and a half interview almost with a guy who is running for mayor. So it's local politics, though. Yeah, but it's a and guy. I, yeah. And I do think as well, though, that if we do start, you know, continue to cover politics on the show, and we will, especially if it's important enough. I would as like, it is. Because as it, is. it is. Yeah. Uh, more I do, important than ever. Yeah. I do think we should, again make a focus to be about our local politics a little more than the national politics. Local politics and local stories, local local issues, local points of interest. Yeah. Uh, all right. All sorts of stuff they're doing out there. Let's talk about this construction downtown. Driving me nuts. Not, I don't want to talk about that. Well, well, Joe and I did talk a lot. The wild about... pothole machine. Is <laughs> oh. it a joke? Oh because well, it looks like a joke. <laughs> well, we had a we had a long discussion about the pothole killers uh, machine, which is. I'm so I confused. Is it? Fi- I'm confused. With it's it. it's garbage. Because I'm trying to watch the video and I'm like, is it filling it or what's it? No, not what's really. it it's doing just... with it? I feel like it's one oh. of those like that it's one of those things you see on like a thirty second Business Insider video on YouTube. It's like this machine fills the cracks with hot asphalt, but it seems like a really quick fix. Have you ever yeah. seen those? Have you ever Especially seen... happens when they shovel it in. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna have be you... a hole tomorrow. Exactly. It's just a, it's it's a more expensive fancy machine that it's basically like. Have you ever seen when they put? You'll see, you know, pothole stuff everywhere with just the terrible black, barely dried, like asphalt yeah. just sort of jammed in there. Just a fancy just a spray. Yeah. What I'm saying. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. It'll, but don't worry because anything they put down will be gone in 10 weeks <laughs> because First it's not because it's through. not a permanent solution. <laughs> Why? In any way, shape, well, the amount of money we put in, we'd have new roads by now. Yeah, but it's an election year. So you have to understand. Oh, okay. You have to understand what goes on. Yeah. <laughs> I fixed the roads. See? Uh, <laughs> me too, bud. <laughs> Hey, uh, so guys, last week was uh, the deadline for your tax returns. Did you guys get your taxes in? Of course. Yeah. Are you, uh, did you already get your tax refund back? Yes. Did you spend all of it already? No. No, you You should have a kid because you get a lot of money back. Really? Tons. That's true. You get money back. Mm. It's pretty crazy. As a single guy who has no connections to anyone or anything, as a lone wolf. Nice. Nice. Uh, I've also actually always kind of made money back in terms of yeah. doing my taxes. At least a not a huge amount of money, but enough to pay off my bills, which I did this week. And man, what a great feeling that was. Paying off all your bills. So for all you folks out there who've got a chance to pay off your bills once in a while, it's pretty great. One of the best. That's another, like, I can tell I'm getting old thing. That and the fact that my back barely works this morning. I woke up all hunched over. Uh, Kev, did you already spend your tax refunds yet? No. No, not yet. Saving it. In the bank. Yeah. 
Is there nothing you nothing you desire at the moment? I did go buy new sneakers. I mean, there's, okay. I mean, there's if there's something that I desire to like some real degree like that, I suppose I would just do it otherwise. Um, but yeah, there's nothing that really sticks out where it's like, oh, here we go. It's like just you know, kind of tuck it away. Don't have an earmark for anything. Yeah, I feel weird spending mine because I share it with my husband. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. Um, so how much is this mine? Because I didn't work. <laughs> That's true. But I did raise your child. Raise your, so what do yeah. I get out of this? I think half is fair, right? Yeah, Just for, hair. for sure. For sure. That's kind of weird. I never thought about that. Yeah, like filing jointly with somebody else on your taxes. Did you guys Did you guys ever think about just like continuing to file... Like single tax turns, that's not how that works. You have to Once start. Once you get married, you just you just it's you get more. If you, you get more if you. Okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, oh. man, was gonna get married for the tax. The yeah, tax you should. benefits. Get married and have see? a child. Oh, see, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Mm-hmm. Tax benefits. All right. That's how you know that it's really you know it's a partnership that's gonna last. <laughs> tax benefits. <laughs> when you're like, well, you know, I yeah, wasn't. Wait. We weren't gonna get married, but a tax is you yeah, know you like nice that. to get that chunk. <laughs> I don't mean you guys, but generally, because I've people. Say that like I guess taxes. I'm like really. That's your. <laughs> that's where you are. <laughs> uh, it is uh, Easter Sunday as we're recording this. Uh, we've all sort of come back to the Uticast Studios uh, after separate Easter traditions in our families. Did you guys have a good time on Easter today? Great time. Yeah. We had a really nice time as well. It was actually low key for once at my family's. It was just the real core, like six of us. Like yeah, we ate outside. Mm. Yo, how about so it? they went like they went set up on the patio, a long mm. table. A uh, little bit grayer, a little bit cooler, a little bit windier than it needed to be all across <laughs> yeah. the board. And it wasn't bad. It was pretty good, but it was very kind of rushed because like, the food was set out inside, sort of buffet-style, grab your plate, mm. then go sit down at the table. So everybody did that. Everybody went outside, but everybody ate kind of fast. It wasn't yeah. that long. Like, eat slow, linger at the table. Everybody mm. stays. People are there. Because it was just cold enough that you really wanted to, like, get up, get moving. And we just started a fire outside. Then we did a big fire all day. Oh, nice. Nice. Which was all right. It was all right. Heather, what about you? We had, I come for the kids. And then there was a beer hunt for the adults. A beer hunt? So we all got a six-pack of, like, our favorite beer. And we had to go find the bottles. Which was kind of fun for me. That's fair. And then um, we celebrated Kaz's birthday. I was just going to ask, is it Kaz's birthday it's as well? It's Wednesday, but we celebrated. How old is Kaz now? Three. Ooh, the terrible threes. No, that's yeah. not a that's thing. That's terrible twos. No, they're still terrible at three. They're more terrible should at three. be a new word for three. I don't know what it is yet, but it's worse than terrible two. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful uh, picture I saw you posted you and the kid. Oh, yes. thank you. Looks like, a, like one of those ones you put, like if it was a movie about you guys' life and <laughs> you were just like 90 years old and just passed like a long life and they're showing the mantle at the end of the movie. That's one of those ones right in the mantle. It was a great picture. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. uh, I thank you. went to go see my grandfather in North Utica, old man Carmen, who... Uh, me and my sister and my niece and nephew, my brother-in-law. And uh, it was sort of, we were there for like an hour and a half because he was going up to, to Rome with uh, my pops. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I brought like some Dunkin' Donuts and coffee, which is very traditionally like what I would bring because I'm cheap. Uh, yo, you know what though? I'll tell you what. I went to Dunkin' Donuts and I was like, they got me in the trap because I'm like, all right, there's only going to be a small amount of us. I don't need a full dozen donuts. They do. Yeah, because if you get six, it's not enough. You get six donuts. It's <laughs> even worse if you try to shove six donuts. A dozen really ended bad. up. A dozen. Carmen doesn't eat them. Okay. The kids ate like two apiece. My sister didn't eat one. Don didn't eat one. My dad didn't eat one. His girlfriend didn't eat one. I had one. All of a sudden, I had seven donuts left. I'm like, Where ah. They? Oh, you know what are that tells here? me? You picked the wrong donuts. Yeah. In the box. No, they were good. You guys want to know what I got? <laughs> you want to know what I got? I got glazed. Yuck. You don't like glazed? No. 
old fashioned. Oh. Just the regular oh. for coffee. It's good for dipping yes. coffee. Oh. Uh, chocolate, you are an old man. Chocolate finger. <laughs> yeah, hey. you get the two, powdered two, white. Two, two vanilla cream or two uh, Boston cream. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Pink frosted with the sprinkles for the kid because they like those. The kids like that though. You got to get. My my niece loves a pink frosted donut with rainbow sprinkles. Okay. It doesn't even matter that it's just mm-hmm. a plain vanilla donut for all okay. intents and purposes. Uh, and then I got two crullers. What are those? Yeah. Those are the the French rotating okay. little ones. I right. mean, the fact that you didn't get blueberry glazed makes me <laughs> deeply deeply concerned. Every other decision you made at the donut window. I should have got the, that one. Up? That's a good one. Oh, okay. I should have blueberry got... donut that's glazed. It's like okay. really, it's good. It goes okay. with the coffee. I should have got the Instead munchkins. Of your plain donut. Yeah, plain old old man. Donut. Munchkins is the move. Yeah, the little tiny. Oh, those are good because everyone yeah. eats those. Yeah. Maybe next year. Uh, maybe next year. Uh, and then I went to my mom's house and she made us a prime rib, which was excellent. Oh. I do like prime rib. Mm-hmm. My nephew and niece hated it, which is my favorite thing about when little kids eat food that like adults like is they can't appreciate it because there's too much work mm-hmm. that goes into a prime rib, like That's, having to cut around the fat. I never appreciate it as a kid, though. We did a big yeah. beef roast, too, and it's it's gory. We had, there was uh, there was a beef roast, there was ham, and there was lamb. There's always mm. lamb. I've never had um, lamb. Lamb is good. Lamb is good, depending on how you cook it. It's polarizing. But yeah, that stuff, like when you look at it, when you look at them like carving up this giant yeah. cooked up blackened side of animals, Which is, yeah, I can see where and... kids are like, I don't this know about weird. all this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so where did we go? We got about, wow, we went 20 minutes already. Easter. I don't even have too much else really for you guys. It's Earth Day coming up tomorrow. Are you doing anything to celebrate Earth Day, Heather? You like the, you like nature? <laughs> I'm going to be at the zoo working, so we're going to be cleaning tomorrow. Oh, very nice. Yeah. That's good. So there you go. Pretty sure we'll be cleaning. My vacation is over. I have to go to work tomorrow. I got a very busy week coming up. This nice vacation I Your had. Your vacation was... is over tomorrow? Yeah. So you're not off? No, I'm not off tomorrow. Oh, that's man. why it we're here now. To suck. It does suck wow. to suck. Yeah. It's too bad. Uh, that's why we're recording uh, tonight's episode, uh, 200 episode on Sunday night, Late not night Monday. Easter. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. My back hurts. I'm going to have to talk to Dr. Nick and Dr. Ashley. I got to go see the Cairo. Uh, so let's just get to this week's interview with. You going to the chiropractor when you do the interview? That'd be great, wouldn't it? Oh, Play back to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> uh, I got something for you guys to do in a second, so keep keep laughing it up. Here it's right. coming. All right, uh, we went an hour and fifteen minutes with uh, mayoral candidate Joe Marino, which is uh, the first time I can call him that since he's been on this show. You'd think that being on six times means we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Uh, you would be wrong. This is actually one of our more comprehensive discussions. Who would think that? I don't know. Some people would think that. I don't know. Some people well, some don't t- think at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really nice to talk to him. Again, I, I've always, I always have a nice time talking to Joe. We always, um, you know, a lot of people say that politicians are all liars and stuff, and who knows if that's the truth, but he's always been very earnest and pretty straightforward. And he's always making a big point about transparency when he talks about everything, and I always do appreciate that when we have our conversation. So I really appreciate him coming back for a sixth time. I told him if we get to episode 300, uh, I'll have to have him come back for that too. So once again, your candidate.
episode 100, which was 100 episodes ago. You're here for episode 200. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's an I honor. Ever, if I ever get to 300, if I get around to it and however many episodes that would be, another two years or whatever it is. Man. I'll be happy to put you back on for 300. That's great. Listen, I'm glad, number one, I'm glad that I've stuck around this long, right? <laughs> but I'm more glad that you've stuck around this long. So uh, it's almost like a tradition. So even if I'm, you know, some destitute lowly guy in the corner somewhere i guess you have no choice at this point to put me on 300 well, i was gonna say i feel like i almost have to impose some term limits on you i know it might be too much no i uh i honestly i've been wanting to bring you on for a while but okay. the last time you were on was in november and it didn't feel all that long ago so i kind of wanted to wait out a little bit of time but as we get here to episode 200 it feels right sure and i gotta say since uh i'll put this down on i'll put the time out here for people so they understand mm-hmm when you came on the show last, it was November 18th, 2018. Um, and on January 19th, you announced that you were running for mayor. Right. Right. So, yeah. now, I didn't know at the time that you were planning on running. If I was going to guess, if I was a betting man, I that was a different question. Did you know at that time that you were thinking about running in November when you came on, or were you still not sure at that point in time? No, I had a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a good idea. I mean, you know, for me... Uh, with four young children, uh, my wife, we have a really good team. Uh, you know, my family's a really good team. Uh, so I wanted to talk about it over the holidays yeah, yeah. with her, really, like, sit down. We, I mean, we were, you know, over conversation, it come up a lot uh, for a multitude of reasons. You know, I've got a lot of ideas that have been kind of pushed aside. Uh, you know, there's some things I'd like to do. Uh, the term limit issue was a big deal for, for me and, and, you know, my family and uh, even my older generational family, you know, that mm. came through a Mussolini type thing, which is obviously right. a very long stretch. But you know, still government, uh, you know, kind of tyranny yeah. is is we'll some. Forget it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean? like, no, you know, it's it just I don't want to overstate it, but um, so that was something that came up, and uh, and then over the holidays we sat around, we talked. I mean, look, you know, um, the Brindisi family and my yeah. family are very, very close, mm-hmm. and Anthony was pretty busy uh, during that time, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would never do was do anything personally to jeopardize his goals and vision. And so I didn't want to get into anything where even a, a hint of of my aspirations to, you know, to a better city exactly. would get in the way of what he was doing. So there was a lot of reasons that I didn't get into it mm-hmm. until around January. But uh, that that was what we did. But I had an, I had an idea. I had a feeling that you did. Yeah. Uh, I never would have. Uh, I wouldn't have said it out loud. Obviously, sure. but I had a feeling. Uh, right. I have to say, though, since January, it seems like you've been on quite a whirlwind. That you've been all over the place, sort of yeah, talking to everybody. Been a lot. Were you Were you prepared for the amount of like? It doesn't seem. Maybe it's not extra because you're always pretty around talking to people. But it does seem like I'm seeing you pop up all over the place lately. You've been on uh, WIBX a lot. You've been in the OD a lot. Yeah. Uh, do, were you prepared for sort of the increase in terms of scrutiny and like people coming to talk to you? No, you know I'll tell you. Um, I was prepared, and for me, being around people a lot yeah. is not new, right? So sure. I'm. I've always been very cognizant, irrespective of what I was going to do with my political future, mm-hmm. of politicians being politicians when it's convenient. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Uh, you know, the NAACP gala, the Mohawk Valley mm-hmm. Latino Association gala, um, you know, a lot of charitable events and things that, you know, nighttime activities, uh, just simple meetings. I've always made a point not to show up on only election year right? and show up when people need it. It's not mm-hmm. when I need it, right? So I've done that kind of stuff anyway. Uh, I've never missed, uh, you know, those kind of large events of people that have been supportive of me, that I support them. And I want to make sure that they know that that's mutual, you know, like I say, regardless of an election year. Uh, the increased scrutiny of, 
you know, look, I've been on WIBX and a lot of those things, yeah. you know, because of, you know, some uh, activity that I had at a council sure. meeting, right? So, oh, yeah, right, yeah. So that, you know, that kind of silly stuff, I was prepared for. I know the game I'm getting into with mm-hmm. uh, the people that I'm getting into it with, yeah. and uh, I can handle it. I'm a big boy. You know, I'm a, I'm a short, balding uh, <laughs> Italian guy from East Utica. I got a really thick skin. So that stuff doesn't bother me. As long as the people get issues from me and not rhetoric from me, I can't control what other people do, so I'm okay with it. Well, in my private conversations with people, when I've talked about you know knowing you, people know that you've been on the show before, and they ask me questions about you. And I said, sure. that in my opinion, I think the thing that you've done so well as a candidate and as a councilman and as everything you've done, you really do a good job of staying on the front lines and sort of talking to people and being accessible, which is something that I had always talked to uh, Anthony Bernissi about about the accessibility factor and having people you know be able to reach out to you and get to you. Uh, do you feel like that's just a big part of your platform, or is that just you as a person? I, I think it's a little bit of both, yeah. uh, but I think it's me as a person because, again, you get into this at this level, even at Anthony's level, um, because all politics is local. If you feel like you're above reproach and you're above people, yeah. then I don't know that you're in the right business, right? Yeah, I mean, a... this is the people business. I mean, it literally is. So being accessible, you know, I tell you all the time uh, when we talk here, I tell people. If you ask me how my kid's stomach bug is going, yeah. I'm probably going to tell you, you know, look, that's my business and my family. Sure. Sorry, bud, you know. But if you ask me my opinion on any city matter that people are paying me to give, mm. you know, them my opinion or, or, or my, my work ethic, then, I mean, far be it for me to say that you can't have it. So I like being accessible. I love people, man. I love people around here. I say it all the time. There is not one politician that could take credit for anything that's going on in Utica. It's always the people that do it first. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. And um, so I'm just looking forward to an opportunity to expand that role and do it in a more executive fashion. So uh, that's kind of why uh, why I'm here. But, yeah, no, I'm, I love being accessible. I think uh, – and I think that to – again, I think in a town like this, in this type of city where – People sort of like to see that visibility. They like to have yeah. access to people. I think it goes a long way, especially, I always I talk about it a million times in this show. The city is big enough where lots of cool, interesting, exciting things are happening. Sure. But it's small enough where you're never too far away from somebody to just reach out and ask a question. 100%. I think that's been important. Uh, I got to ask you, because you are primarily, it seems like, on Facebook and on Twitter and all these things, people love to come talk to you about paving. You're the paving guy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lot myself, too. Um, well, you had a good article. There's a good article in the uh, paper this week uh, from the OD sort of talking about uh, sort of the temporary idea of pain for the idea of pleasure in the future and talk to a lot of people in downtown Utica. Yeah. Uh, do you sort of feel like, uh, this is probably, it seems bad when you vote on it right now because mm-hmm. of all the stuff that's going on. Yeah. But it all seems like it's right for the long run. When you initially talked about this, was there an initial ETA? I'm just curious about like how long this whole process was meant to take. Sure. Right. Yeah, so when um, first, a couple of things. Um, the state roads that they're doing now yeah. are a part of the plan that we okay. implemented in 2016. So we kind of had an idea of what the state was going to do. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to go after the, you know. So if, uh, if you and I are working on the same project sure. and you're going to do this half and I'm going to do that half, if I don't know that you're doing that, if I start doing it all, and then we start bumping into each other. So um, there's a coordinated effort there. Um, but, yeah, no, the plan that we implemented when, when it first began, and I'll try to spare your audience a little bit of the length <laughs> of it, um, but we wanted we were doing roads in the city of Utica at a clip of about once every 45 years. Once right? every 45 years. So what people would know, and I, I don't like it either, uh, the 
Boilermaker route would get paved three or four times over 10 years, right? And Makes a lot of sense. other roads would get paved once every 50 or mm-hmm. 60 years. But on average, you know, you're talking about 45 years because there's 210 miles of road. And we were doing about three miles a year. I mean, you start breaking it down numerically, it becomes uh, really yeah. evident. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to obviously shorten that length uh, because people are paying taxes every year. They're not paying taxes every 50 years to get a service like that. So we what we did was we devised a plan that came up with a, a concept that would get the roads done every 15 years. Now that that uh, reduces everything by triple, right? So you're getting triple right. your value. However, it's still not perfect because 15 years, as everyone knows, they don't last 15 years around here that often. Yeah. So we had to make sure that we tried to make the roads last as long as we could. So we brought in more money, right? More money meant we could do more roads. The problem is that we've been having is, and this is my concern with the administration currently, is that they are not doing it right. They're doing the exact same thing that they used to do with more money, and that is there is no professional. The plan called for uh, instead of $2 million, $5 million. Right. And you can actually you know, uh, expand that two to triple with five, with only five. It should be six, right? Yeah. But it's just five. Um, so the plan called for more money. That was first. That was easy. Then figuring out how to get that more money, yeah. right? And then we talked about it through a referendum. Uh, we talked about, let's ask the people if they want us to procure that more money, right? We went and asked them. And then I gave them and went out and I talked to every neighborhood, everywhere I could. And I said, here's why I want you to vote for this. Uh, in the meantime, the mayor vetoed it. He yeah. didn't want more paving. And, that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's a referendum. You know, let's let the people decide. I, I can understand vetoes because you disagree on a topic. Sure. I get it. What I cannot ever understand, and this has happened multiple times with this particular mayor, is why would you touch a, a referendum at all? You know, I, I, it's only speculative. I, I'm just thinking from the outside here. Do you think there's some spiteful aspect to it? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's not even speculative because he said it on the radio. You know, at the beginning, he had a plan that had called for $800,000 a year in repair work, right? Sure. So and even repair work doesn't even necessarily mean potholes. It could mean, um, you know, a 400-foot stretch, right? But not very long, not full streets. Mm-hmm. So we as a council said, that's a decent idea. Let's see what we could do with it, right? right? Because we, we're a governing part of the body, so... Let's let's see what we could do with it. I, as a finance guy, knowing the city finance, found a way to say, "Hey, look, your eight hundred thousand dollars a year was a decent idea, but we found a way to make it better." Yeah. And we went. I went to him. I brought him all the numbers. I brought him everything that uh, I brought him all his guys. I brought him his engineer's office, and I said, "I know you had an idea, but we found one that's a little better." And he completely shot it down. And why I say it's not speculative is because he's went out in public and told mm. people i had an idea yeah. we had one i don't know what they're doing over here you know so it wasn't your idea so now all of a sudden the plan that we put in place it wasn't to just call for more money because that's not going to fix the problem right. it's doing them right the first way or doing them right first mm-hmm. immediately makes everything better so you're not throwing good money after bad so it plan called for an engineer a real engineer not our our engineer now is a wonderful guy mm. but he's a contractor he just happens sure. to have that title. He's yeah, not yeah, a yeah. P. So we had this company in Utica. It's on Broad Street, and people don't even know this, but there's a particular company called Atlantic Testing in, in Utica, and they're one of the top-tier uh, road infrastructure engineering firms in the country. Yeah. Now, you, you look at Broad Street, it looks like a dump, and you know, <laughs> yeah. but inside those buildings, there's some pretty incredible mm-hmm. people oh, and yeah. incredible businesses. Oh, yeah. 
So um, so we went to Atlantic Testing. We said, could we you know, work this out? And they said, yeah, well, what you need is a geological study, meaning you take a core sample, right. and you ask why, because I don't know, I'm, a, I'm an accountant. Yeah. If the road is good on top, but the subsurface and the ground is cracking underneath, and you put good road on cracked ground, yeah. it'll all eventually split. That's something that I remember as a kid hearing about like roads in other countries. If you go to like the Autobahn in Germany or something, sure. those roads, the, the actual thickness of the roads in terms of what they uh, lay out is so much thicker than it is in American roads that you don't have to do this over and over and over and over again. Correct. Uh, but the weird American cycle is that it sort of forces people to give people jobs. Like, well, it gives someone a job to come out and pave the road. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. But, yeah. you know, I, I would rather pay a guy a exactly. decent wage doing doing it right the first time uh-huh. as opposed to, you know, because that's the thing that we really need to do. And, you know, again, so, like, the bullet points are this. Spend more money. Sure. Ask the people if we're allowed to. Get a real engineer. Score the roads, meaning give them a score, A, B, or C, or D. Yeah. And then oh, once, you know what I mean? So yeah, like yeah, an yeah. A is the best road, a D is the worst road. Yeah, sure. Once you score the roads, give the people that list of their road score. Mm-hmm. So then they know yeah. that it's not some mayor or some guy saying, my grandmother lives on that road. That, uh, you know. But now you've got to hold your government accountable. So that transparency is really valuable. And then once all that was done, once you score the roads, then you literally lay out a plan for 15 years of every inch of 210 miles of road. Every inch of it. So then that means if I tell you, Sam, that we're going to do, I won't say what road you live on, but let's say we're going to do this section of Genesee sure. Street in 2025. Now, somebody that lives on that section of Genesee Street might go, well, geez, you know, it's it's another six years, but it's not 47. That's right. Right? It's, and this is a date. You and know the, now you have yet. a date. So now you can go, and in 2025, when you look at it, because right now everyone's guessing. Yeah. No one knows when the road's going to get done. If it's bad, maybe. If it's not, maybe. You put this thing and you hold the government accountable. That is accessibility. That is transparency. And then in 2025, whom, whomever is mayor, doesn't matter who it is, they are held accountable to that list. And then look, if there's problems, you need to adjust it. And then, God forbid, an, uh, you know, some weird earthquake or something like that happens, you can adjust it. But at least the residents know when their when their action is going to be taken. And we did almost zero of that. We asked the public, we figured out the finance mechanism, we started to pay for it, and they did none of the others. They didn't score the roads, they didn't put it out to the public, they didn't use a real engineer. So now what we're doing is the exact same thing we did before. So when you drive around the streets, you see, I've seen this road get paved two years ago, now it looks like crap. Now, uh, you also, I saw on, uh, I think it was Facebook, you were posting this about... uh uh, they were bringing back the pothole killer. Is right. that some sort of like uh, that's a company that does like so, like fill in work? Is that what? I was yeah, it's is? literally yeah. a trademark name of a uh, of a truck mm-hmm. that um, takes an overhead uh, you know sprayer of kind of loose asphalt and right. it fills potholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So um, Mayor Afaro had implemented the pothole killer years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when Mayor, yeah, right. When Paul Mary got in. Um, I think, I mean, it was almost continuous that he, he completely bashed that program for two and a half solid years before yeah. we got rid of it. And, uh, and he got, you know, he, he sent them on their way. The pothole killers all, you know, started to work in Brazil. They did a lot of infrastructure work down there. So they were gone. And, um, and for whatever reason now, you know, again, and I say this as affectionately as I could, 
the people can't wait every four years for you to have a plan to do something. So now all of a sudden you're running for office and all of a sudden you got a race because there's a guy that could be viable in me. I'm, I'm not saying that I am. I'm just saying that it's possible. Like it's not some, you know, races that he had in the past. And you've now changed term limits to allow yourself to run again. And he's had two press conferences on potholes in three weeks. Three weeks ago, he had a press conference that we were going to fill potholes, right? You're going to do them at the hot box. And we got 600,000 tons. Then he felt pushback on it. And because of that pushback, because of politics, he had another press conference on politics on potholes. I can't help but feel a little bit like I'm watching the Cuomo thing. Because Cuomo felt like he got dragged really far to the left when he got dragged into the New York State of Lake. Against his will, to a certain extent, he didn't want to be as progressive as he was, but he had to to sort of stay where he was. And I wonder, I, I, I feel similar sort of vibes with the, the pothole thing and like the, yeah. the structure of the paving currently. Yeah, the problem is, though, I'm not Cynthia Nixon. No, that's true. Y- y- you know, I, in more ways than one, I have never... I, I could say this firmly. I've never been on Sex in the City once. That's true. Um, <laughs> it's a good um, and you know, and but I actually have a work ethic and a team of people that are much smarter than me around me, and people that are really genuinely concerned about the city. So um, I'm not interested in you know four year deep politics. I'm really not. You know, I, like I say, I, I I didn't show up at things every four years. I didn't do everything here. Um, so you know, the fact that he's you know, trying to work now. Look, if it were me, and I'll tell him this in public, hmm. I've put out a number of ideas that I think are viable in terms of financial success and economic development success and infrastructure success. I put out a number of things. If I were him, I would go out and implement them right now hmm. because I actually believe in them. The council has believed in them. It's not just me. It's not just some politician who could be a challenger at one point. I've only been his challenger since January. Right. I've not been a challenger hmm. for mayor for all this time. Hmm. So, um, I, you know, the council is gone. And when we did this paving thing, we did it as a governmental unit. We didn't do it for me. So you're not spiting me. My yeah. road's done. Yeah. Right. You're not trying to take the wind out of my sails. Hmm help the public help help the people in what they need to do uh but you know again that's that's on him to answer as to why he won't or will do things uh the pothole killer it could be successful uh, maybe it will be i hope it will be yeah. the fact of the matter is we're not doing roads right first yeah. we're not paving sort of, them right but that's sort of what you implied in the article was it, it you prefer to see it done more comprehensively as opposed to just like a band-aid on a lot of this stuff yeah i yeah. tell people you know even let's say the pothole killer is the best band-aid ever yeah. you just put a golden band-aid on a broken lake yeah the the problem the the subsurface could be wrong we need to make sure that we're not throwing good money after bad so now what the mayor is doing is for politics in my opinion He's spending 120000 of your dollars on something that didn't need to happen. So you just keep on throwing. You're literally throwing $120,000 into a bunch of holes into the city of Utica <laughs> when we have access to all these wonderful people on Broad Street, in the county, real engineers that could do these things the right way. So that's all I want to do. I want to take the politics out, out of paving. I want to take the politics out of all this stuff and want, help some people. I want to get into some of the more procedural stuff about the what it was like to run through the mayor stuff in a, in a moment because I have a lot of questions about it because I'm yeah. very curious about the process. Sure. Uh, but I do have a couple things I wanted to discuss with you just because we've had uh, long conversations in the past about politics and some of these things are very curious to me. Yeah. Uh, over the last few months, I've had a lot of folks on the show who uh, seem to be this new generation of common council folks. I've had Delvin Moody come Love on, it. Steve Kevlish. Uh, i got to get Kate from Character Coffee to come on. Katie Martin. It does seem like there is this youthful movement toward politics locally here with this common council seat sort of being the... 
I don't want to call it the gateway door to like local politics, but that seems to be, from my perspective, what it feels like. Can you speak a little bit about to like what the Common Council feels like? Was it accessible like, when you first got on Common Council? Did it feel like the first door into politics in that way locally? Well, I'll tell you. I could tell you what they're. Uh, I, I bet they're feeling if it's yeah. anything like I was, and even now. I, I mean, there is a there's a, a you know an old guard, so to speak, yeah. of of people that just do not want young people involved. So you have to really fight through the mud and muck of of these, you know, uh, politicians who feel like they got to hold on to their fiefdom, um, which is why I've been so supportive of young candidates yeah. because it was very hard for me. Um, you know, even now, look, uh, the Democratic Party in locally, mm. um, there's really no AAA team. There's one coming up, yeah. and this is brand new to me, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, but e- even the Republican Party, there's no bench, right? So you would think that politicians of the past would want to nurture and welcome younger people, but they don't. What they do is they try to grab you and put their claws into you, and they try to make sure that if you're not voting for them, you're not uh, voting at all, and they'll make it hard for you. Um, so, you know, I've been very supportive of Delvin. I'm, I'm very uh, excited about Katie Martin. Um, you know, even Steve Keblish, he and I don't see eye to eye on a few issues. No, I think that's interesting about him too, because I did. We, me and him, don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but yeah. we were able to still sit down and have a really nice conversation. Smart guy. He's a really smart guy. Yeah, and, smart guy. And actually, you know, and for nothing else, if I move away from the politics part, all three of these folks are people I've dealt with outside of politics. Sure. Delvin, former Young Scholars, former Junior Frontiers. I do a lot through education. Sure. You know. Katie, you know, Katie's a part of Utica's revitalizing downtown. We see a yeah. lot of her through, like, Handshake City stuff, just downtown Utica stuff in general. So these are people I run into all the time. Steve mm-hmm. Kebbish is at a ton of main Utica events. Yeah, yeah. It seems silly now for guys like me and my generation, people a little bit younger than me, to be making enemies with people just because of the color that they decided to put next to their, their ballot. Yeah, I think that that's the thing that I really like the most about our generation. And I'm... I would say that I'm at like the top age-wise of our generation. <laughs> I bet I'm. I'm. It's probably You're almost. Young, man. I still feel it. It's, it's probably almost insulting to people like you and and uh, and those younger uh, generation I'm guys. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I. So I just I, I'm infatuated because I, I guess like me and Samantha Classimo Testa. Oh, sweet lady. She's great, Best. right? Yeah. And and it was very hard for. I think that we were the kind of first foray into the younger people, and Anthony Brindisi as well, I mean, you know, getting involved. We were the first foray, but we're not unlike, I don't believe, perhaps I'm wrong, but we're not unlike the people like, well, Katie Martin's a a dual title holder in that she's a business owner, Um, but like the Frank Eliases and the Jason Allen Leonards and the Doug Doug Leonard, you know, those, those are the people that really have revitalized this area, and they said, like I did, I'm assuming for them, I'm telling you from me, I said, the hell with it. I'm going to make this area work come hell or high water, right? I'm going to make sure that this place is best for my, and they don't have, my kids don't have that hard hurdle to climb over or that uh, that mud and muck to get through. So um, I think it's super exciting. I think this city, and I've not, look, at, at this point, I've gotten through petition period, right, for politics stuff. I've knocked on hundreds of doors. I've talked to hundreds of people, uh, people that I never really run into ever before because there's, you know, a couple yeah. Uh, maybe 50, 60, 70 political insiders. Everybody else, they don't know all of this backroom yeah. stuff that these people are doing and this nefarious stuff that they're doing. These people just want to know why the roads aren't getting paved, why their taxes are going up, those kind of things. 
So um, I've talked to a lot of people, and I think people in this area, even the older generation of residents, are really excited about the new generation of leadership that's coming in, and uh, and I think it's great. So it's it's not easy, um, but if you want anything bad enough, you're willing to work through it, and I certainly am, and it looks like these uh, young individuals are as well. Uh, before we get into this section about uh, mayoral process, I just have one thing I have to agree with you on that you put on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were complaining about the blue bags. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Justin from Maiden Utica and I have gone on a tangent now where I will keep my phone on me when I'm filling my blue bag mm-hmm. so that if it rips open, I can put a video on it. Yeah. What's the answer to blue bags if blue bags are not sure. the answer? Yeah, see, again... I'm not. I'm not blazing any trails sure. here with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not the They've first. They've been bad per- for a long time. This is not a new take, Mike. They have right. So um, this is not a new quality of life issue. Yeah. Um, blue bag. So the reason that blue bags are in place are, are this: there is homeowners who get a fee in Utica for yeah. charging for charging for garbage. It's eighty six dollars for a single, and it's like two eighty four yeah. for a multi use family, right? So, and the other end is the blue bags. And the reason that there's both is you don't want, like, people that are good homeowners or good renters, um, you know, the, you want make you want to make sure that not just the owner of the property is being charged for the usage. You want to make sure that the renter or, a, a you know, a resident is being charged, right, the person that actually lives there. So that's why there's a dichotomy between the two. That's why there's both. We have blue bags to make renters Part, uh, part and parcel, right. you know, uh, investors in being used, charged right. for their use, right? It does. And it's a very valuable way to do it. The problem is those bags in general, yeah. they're inconvenient. Yes. They're a public safety uh, yeah. hazard. They're a public health hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, Rome, New York right now has what called what's called a tote system. So mm-hmm. it's essentially a 55-gallon drum or yeah. a garbage, you know, can. So they have a containerized garbage. The reason that we in Utica have a crow problem is because crows are really intelligent animals and they know yeah. that they can get into a bag. They can't get into a Rubbermaid 55-gallon right. drum. Huh. I really thought about that. That's crazy. Sure. <laughs> but I really thought about right. it Right. Like so, you know, um, you know, you talk about people in uh, South Utica or uh, North Utica or Upper East Utica, you know, the, the higher socioeconomically, uh, you know, impressed yeah. people. They have, uh, you know, crow problems and slavery. But what about when you're talking about people of lower socioeconomic uh, health, right? And people with zombie properties next yeah. to them, with grass four feet high, and the city doesn't get to code violating them. You're talking about rodents, rats, mice, uh, raccoons, skunks have become a big problem. So there's an actual public health concern regarding these blue bags. So that's the reason. Beyond the inconvenience, leaving your house at midnight mm. to go get a blue bag because you forgot them. I've done that one. Uh, so have I, and it's awful. You know, we're not in Boca Raton. It's <laughs> no. very cold out. Yeah. You know, for seven, eight months out of the year. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, next week, put it all out. Without a doubt. <laughs> next yeah. Week, I'm not doing it tonight. Right. So you you are now. But again, you know you. But imagine how many people you you laugh. Oh, yeah. Imagine how many people that are really honestly in dire straits and cannot go in and maybe leave their children for an hour, a half an hour or 10 minutes to go down. So there are real things that people, um, you know, have issues with with these bags. So what I propose is you get rid of the blue bags. Mm. And to to make renters and owners mm. both participants in the usage of garbage fee collection, sure. then you charge for the tote mm. and charge enough that makes the tote a valuable. I mean, the totes are $85 now when you go to Walmart. Yeah. But you charge enough in a one-time fee 
you bought your own tote. Now you own it. Mm. And now that money will be collected through the tote purchase. Mm. So now you, if you're a renter, you have to buy your own tote. You know, look, I'll rent you my house just so you know. You got you to gotta pay for your own tote. I'll buy it for you if you want to put it in the rent. But everyone's paying because everyone deserves to pay for the usage of the service. That's fair. So you buy your own tote. And then now you've, you've now enclosed your garbage. You've now taken out a lot of public health issues. You've now scattered what could possibly be, you know, uh, a murder of crows, yeah. you know. Um, so those kind of things. And then... The quality of life side is yeah. you don't got to leave at midnight to get a garbage bag, right? And they're not ripping all over your streets and under your – I've known a million people that – I got six white hefty bags into my garbage bag this week, you know, and they're, they're playing games with how many they can get in. Oh, yeah. So, um, so take the convenience side. Yeah. Make that important because it's important to people. And at the same time, fix some public health concerns. Uh, I do have to bring up this as well because we talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I saw that you also were commenting about they changed the Fourth of July parade back to the original route. They yeah. were initially talking about doing it through Utica and New Hartford. I was a little bit aggrieved by this because it felt like it was sort of a slap in the face to the parts of Utica that were going to lose the parade. I understood the idea of like, well, let's uh, make it like a joint community thing, but I, I think it. It's, it felt like a little bit of a slap in the face to the other parts of the community. Well, let's take slap in the face and yeah. say it a little bit more anecdotally yeah. and literally. Yeah. The parade was literally turning its back on Utica. Yeah. They literally were turning Turn around and going yeah. away, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, again, though, it's a knee-jerk reaction for political sake. Because there is genuine shared services that yeah. we can have with New Hartford. Yeah. I love New Hartford. They're a wonderful okay. sister town of us. But having a parade turn its back on the city is not a press conference that you should have. But because of that, you know, steering yourself away from what you possibly would normally do, that was an absurd way to tell. Again, you're talking about this parade goes from, you know, for people who don't know South Utica that much that are listening, it goes from a church in the middle of Genesee Street, which is uh, Mount Carmel Church, or um, I'm sorry, Mount Uh, Carmel's my church, Our Lady of Lord's Church. And it goes down to what is ostensibly Corn Hill to the Parkway Rec Center. So it's about a mile and a half long, and it goes from a pretty, uh, pretty affluent area of the city into a not so affluent uh, section of the city. And why that's good is because it passes a ton of businesses. So I understand that they're chains, but the fact is, Walgreens makes a lot of money that that morning. Um, you know, even the Sunoco. I was on Genesee Street for St. Sure. Patrick's Day Parade, and that little Sunoco down near the Colonial Laundromat. I can't think of the crossroad on Genesee Street, but there's that little tiny gas station. Oh right, could and, be noise. Yeah, yeah. And there must have been 300 people there. And I'm thinking to myself, like this, just for the St. Patrick's Day Parade, this guy probably made 50 times what he normally would have made just from today. Yeah, and don't forget too, though, when you see again, there's a lot of layers to these onions that the yeah. mayor keeps on playing games with, and a lot of people don't understand. And for the next ten weeks, I'm going to fact check him on a lot of this stuff that I haven't been doing. I've been I've been very vocal about my advocacy against some of the things that he's done. Or I'm not saying that I've, I've given him an easy time and I've shut up for eight years. There's no way I've done that. But I'm going to actually fact check him on a lot of these things that he's done physically in terms of the city. I was very concerned about my district. I was concerned about the yeah. city next, and then my personal stuff third. Um, but this stuff. So when you turn away and go to New Hartford. The sales tax that we get in Utica is only based on what is spent in Utica. Mm. It's not a shared agreement through the county. So if you spend money in Verona, it starts coming to Utica. It's only Utica dollars. And I'd like to change that, and it's a big ticket item on my uh, platform, uh, my campaign. Mm. But in the meantime, any dollar – so if you spend money at a Walgreens in Utica, 
or a Walgreens in New Hartford, it helps to spend money at a Walgreens in Utica because the sales tax comes back to us. Right. Right. So I know it's a chain, but when I, I can't tell you how many times knowing what I know now, I've driven, you know, I had to go to Best Buy for my kids for a game or myself for a television yeah. component or something. I've left that that complex to go to the North Utica Walmart yeah. because I know the money's going to come okay. back to me, yeah. right? That's interesting. Wow. Sure. Who I wouldn't give that too much thought. It's pretty common to yeah. just go to the place that's the most convenient when you think about you it. You do, and I that. understand it. And that's why I want to change that. Yeah. I want to change that mindset. Smart. And I've, wor- I've worked with Tony Persenni, and I think we have an avenue to change it. We've actually offered that to the city, and the administrator of the city has said no. Mm. I'll get into that another time. <gasps> Um, it's a million extra dollars of shared. So that's real shared services. I want to go to the New Hartford Walmart and spend money and know that I'm helping my community as a whole. I want to go to the Utica Walmart and know that I'm helping New Hartford, right? So, but we don't. But anyway, when you when you move that parade, not only are you affecting the businesses along that stretch, you're also majorly affecting children who don't have access to get up to New Hartford to see a parade. These kids that walk up from the hill, they can't go watch a parade, you know. 20, 30, 40 blocks away. We've now taken a community asset from them because you want to say that you're a wonderful, hardworking, cooperative mayor. That's not fair. Mm. It's not fair. If you want to share services, do me a favor. Work with New Hartford to figure out the flooding in East Utica because they got a hill that's just burying Sherman Drive with, with water. Go stand in, a, uh, in front of uh, you know one of those houses and say that we're not going to allow the ducts of water that are pouring water We'll work with New Hartford on that. That is shared services that I'd like to see. Yeah. Not a parade. Not a fireworks show. So uh, I just got to ask because the timing on this is hilarious and I have to I have to ask. And you may have already got an answer on this. On sure. April 5th, you were on Facebook and you had mentioned that you, uh, you were challenging uh, Mayor Palmieri to a civilized debate within yeah. two weeks. Right. Two weeks would have been April 19th, which is... Today. Today. So my, my question Congratulations. Is, my question is, did you get a response back from Mary about this? I have not, and I will be mentioning it again today. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been asked by several news organizations to sponsor it. I want it to be fair. Um, you know, for full disclosure, uh, Bill Keeler, who runs a radio show, yeah. is doing my advertising. Mm-hmm. I'd asked me, uh, you know, if I would like to work with him on it. I said yes. Uh, I thought he was... You know, I think he's a great guy. I think that there's a lot of people that do that kind of service around here. However, with that said, but like I say, for full disclosure, Bill Keeler is doing my advertising. Yeah. Now, should Bill Keeler moderate the debate? Of course not. Right. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. Why would I have my advertising guy? So, But they're the OD, uh, WKTV. They've asked about uh, moderating a debate. I, I don't know that he will. I, I challenge him because, again, when you talk about rhetoric and you talk about potholes over and over, mm-hmm. when you talk about... The issues are, and he's never done this, and this is the problem that I think that the city has with him as I see it, as they, he's the least accessible um, individual that I can imagine. Well, when you have, and you know, you guys are a, a community-based podcast, you deserve your community-based representatives, which is why Brindisi comes on your show. Let's go a little, uh, a peg above, not yeah. much above, but the talk of the town and Keeler show, radio shows. Yeah, uh, you got Scott McNamara on yeah. regularly, Tony Pisani on regularly, Joe Griffo, Brindisi, uh, Sheriff Mayshill, yeah. multiple council people, multiple legislators. The only person that's never out answering questions is the mayor of the city that represents these areas. <clears throat> so, what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask him in public, in front of the public, why did you do what you did with term limits? Why did you tell people that are 
uh, our taxes are going up, but yet you claim that the city has never been in a position that it's been. You can't have it both ways. You can't say that our city has grown leaps and bounds, yet you're raising taxes. Now, I understand this year. Yeah. I understand this year was a negative 2%. Mm-hmm. And I will let your audience surmise to how I feel about his fourth year being a negative 2. Yeah. Because in his six years that he's never he's not running for office, mm-hmm. the ask from the mayor's office for the budgets was 41%. In the two years that he was running for office, it was a zero and a negative two. The reason that you have access to a zero and a negative two is because you've blindly robbed people, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. for the six years you're not running. Mm -hmm. And when they're not looking, you say, hey, by the way, look at the great job I'm doing. 41%. So, you know, those kind of things, I'm going to fact check on them. You know, you say that the bond rating has never been better. Sure. Your bond rating is like your credit score, right? So when I explain it to people, I tell them really simply, we have 10 extra million dollars of your money. We can now pay bills back much faster. So if I went to go get a credit card and I told the credit card company I make $15,000 a year, I'd like a $40,000 credit limit, they're going to tell me no. Yeah. But then if I tell them I'd like that $40,000 credit limit, but by the way, I just stole $180,000 from my neighbor, and I'm going to do that every right. year, right? Now I've got $195,000, and I'd like that $40,000 credit limit, they're going to tell me yes. My credit score has now increased because however I've procured that money. So we've got more money which is why we have a better bond rating. It's not because we're financially doing anything differently than we were before. It's because we've taxed people and that kind of thing. So I'd like to ask him in public, what are your answers to why? I know what my answers are. And I've told people on every show that could be heard and every town hall that I've given. Um, so I'd like to know what your answer is. And I, again, I challenge him here. Let me ask you this question. Uh, we've talked in the past a lot about one of the big differences between national politics and local politics is you know all these people, right? Like, yeah. even though Tony Vicente is on a different side of the political spectrum, he's still a guy you see all the time. You still run into people regardless of politics. What's your relationship personally like with the mayor now? Has it been, has it gotten worse outside of politics? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I can't, I'm not a psychologist, so I, I mean, right. you'd have to ask him. I have no personal feelings towards, right. uh, towards, I tell people all the time. I don't know Rob Palmieri. I know Mayor Palmieri, and Mayor I dislike Palmieri. Mayor Palmieri's policies very much. Um, Rob Palmieri's got a wonderful family. His children are really nice. I see them a lot. Um, so, you know, in-house, so to speak. Uh, his wife's a terrific woman. I mean, my wife and his wife. He always says hello to my wife. I say hello to him cordially. But um, it is strange. I don't have – I'm not insecure enough mm-hmm. to think that these things should affect personal – like, so if I have a difference with you professionally – I'm not going to say, geez, man, you know, I really, uh, you know, Sam and I don't get along. So his mother, yeah, well, what a, you know, what a piece of work, you know, that stuff. But you do have local politicians. I bet national politicians that do that stuff, too. Um, uh, But I don't employ that. uh, Mayor Palmieri is my concern. Rob Palmieri is not. I hope he has a wonderful Hmm. life um, as not the mayor. Now, I have a question for you as well. As of today, there are Three people running for mayor right now? Three, yeah. Three. So it's mm-hmm. you and Rob Palmieri and Matt Arcuri, who is the Republican? Correct. Uh, yeah. Yep. I don't know much about Matt personally. I've never really met him. Is he a, have you dealt with him in the past? I've known him, I know yeah. him personally. Uh, great guy personally. Yeah. Uh, wonderful person. Uh, he's got uh, two young children uh, that are in my, my son's age group, and they've known each other a long time. He's a great guy. Mm, very cool. Very cool. Now, i got to ask you this question, and this is just because of my personal stuff. I used to listen to a podcast growing up, uh, growing up. When I first got into podcasts, this guy, uh, Brian Koppelman. 
Okay. And Kaufman used to do a show called The Moment. He would bring people on. He would ask them, like, the moment that they knew that they were going to do the thing they are going to do. So it was an actor. Like, what was there a moment? So my question, I guess, for you, I have two full questions. Sure. Was there a moment, like an actual physical moment where you said, yeah, I got to do this. I got to run this year. This is the time. The time is now. Was there a moment that that happened? Mm. Uh, and similarly, was there a moment early on in your life that you saw politics as something like, yeah, this is something I have to be involved in? Boy, I mean, uh, wow, that's a that's a difficult question. <laughs> Tough questions, yeah. I know. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I always remember because I tell the story about mm. why I got involved and I thought I was going to run the first time. But I don't know what led me. I mean, it was a conglomeration of conversations that I've had with friends, you know. Um, and we, we just, you know, I got an accounting degree through Syracuse University from Utica College, right? Mm-hmm. So I got accepted to Syracuse. Utica College was offering, and I'm a Utica guy. Yeah. Stayed here. My, I said it before. My mom was doing my laundry and cooking my clothes. Why would I drive 45 minutes to do that? And, uh, and I love the area. So I got a degree in accounting. My wife was, at the time, my girlfriend was a teacher. Uh, so all this led me to say, let's get a job here. Let's stay with our families. Uh, a lot of my friends didn't do that. And I hated seeing them all leave, you know. I mean, I know it's warmer other places, but I, I, you know, I was always the Homer guy. Yeah, I think it's a it's a time and place thing, too, because when I was in my early 20s, and I, I was, I didn't want to stay here, right? Yeah. I think as you get, I don't want to say older, because that gives the wrong connotation, but as you get more s- secure about yourself personally and, like, what is important to you and you understand more about, like, your internal... Yeah. Uh, motivations as opposed to your external motivations. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I liked you. I like you to go better now in my 30s than I did in my 20s, for sure. Like, I, I feel much... I don't different. know that that's different any other city yeah, and any other human anywhere. being in the world, right? Everybody exactly. thinks the grass is always greener. Yeah. And that's why we see a lot of people coming back. Yeah, I said you know? about New York when I went. I said, look, I left Utica because I was having problems with women and I was having money problems. I didn't like my job. I was done with school. I didn't know what I was yeah. doing myself. And I went to New York. And I was like, this will fix all my problems. And what happens is you go to New York and all your problems come with you. You get new problems. Yeah. And if you don't face the issues you have, you're never going to get past them. You can't run away from them. So I sure. think that's a big thing you learn in your sort of late 20s, early 30s. Like, I got to face this one way or the other. It's not going to fix itself just by walking away. Yeah, well, you're, you're facing it and my facing it were similar but mm. just different in the way that we did it. Yeah. So you went away to find your answers or yeah. without, if your answer was you weren't going to find an answer. Didn't find them anywhere you else. didn't find them anywhere else. <laughs> my answer was, you know, and again, you know, with with a friend of mine, um we sat around and we said, "Look, we want we're going to have kids. We're, we don't want our kids to have these dilemmas. We don't want our kids to have is it better somewhere else? It, let's make it so unattainably better here." Yeah. How do we do that? And the first way we thought of it was running for office. So it was a conglomeration conversation. We were just tired of people talking, uh, talking bad about the area, yeah. um, because you know we started to find out that they were right. You know, mm. the finances weren't good. Uh, you know, the politician stuff was getting a lot, a lot of hand. So, um, so our moment was a, a series of moments, mm. uh, really. But Wonderful. yeah, it was just conversations about making sure it was better here for our kids. Uh, that's, that remains, by the way. You are on the ballot now. You were the first official. Were you the first official candidate in the ballot this year? I think I, I was know. the first official candidate to announce. To but, announce, yeah, because once the signature period uh, happens, then you're. That's the question I was going to ask you, but yeah. so I'm kind of curious, and I, I guess I'll ask you to do a little explain it. Like I'm five. What was the process? The actual physical process? You have to go out and get signatures. Is thirteen hundred plus is what you ended up with? Or I ended up with like fourteen oh five. Fourteen oh five. Yeah, right. which is me counting because you know that's right. a really that's important. What number do you need to get? Yeah, so uh, so this year normally you need five percent of the electorate of the of party the you're running okay. in, right? So five percent of our electorate is 
generally 680 signatures, okay. right? I see. That's what you need. Uh, then you try to double them because there are people that sign, like if you go to a door and they say, oh, I'm a Democrat, and it turns out they're not, you know. Um, so I was endorsed by the Independence Party. Mm. The Democratic Party can't really endorse because we're both of the Democratic Party in this case. Right. So there's really no – it's like a presidential thing if you think yeah. about it. Now, and I think and I, I think I've heard this, right? If if he – if Mayor Palmer didn't get the Democratic uh, nomination or whatever, he wouldn't be able to run as an independent on a third term? Is that the – the third, the independents wouldn't support running for a third term. Is that what I was told? Uh, the independents party. Yeah. So there's two. Yeah. So it's so convoluted. Yeah. yeah okay. So right. if you're a Democrat and the rules state you can run for a third term, mm-hmm. no one can stop you. No one can stop. You. Right. No one could stop me. So for instance, I'll give you a little bit of inside politics. The Demo- the Democratic Party chairman is this guy who ran against me two years ago named Frank Miola. He's mm-hmm. the party chairman yeah, for the Frank. city, right? So he and Rob Palmieri mm-hmm. are cohorts. They're not really friends because they used to hate each other. They Frank Miola ran against uh, yeah. Rob Palmieri's wife. It was nasty stuff. Yeah. So this is the inside baseball. But um, both of them, I beat Frank Miola, and I'm now running for mayor. Yeah. So since Frank's the challenger, he is supporting through the Democratic Party Rob Palmieri. I see. Right? So that's a little bit of the muck and mud that you yeah. got to kind of wade through. No, no problem, though. But since I'm a Democrat, no one can stop me. Yeah. Vice versa, right? And if, let's say... Uh, my brother was the chairman of the party. My brother wanted to support me through that thing. No one could stop Rob Palmer. You're a Democrat. The rule state you could run. Would you have run as independent if you didn't get the the signatures? Uh, if I didn't get the signatures, boy, I, I tell you what. If I didn't get the signatures, that would have been a clear indication that people don't want me right. as so uh, as their candidate. I probably wouldn't, mm-hmm. because I've always I've always maintained this uh, this personal belief that. It, the people always get it right, and if they won't choose to put me in a position to succeed, then maybe I'm in the wrong business and I'll go away. A lot of politicians won't do that. Yeah. The, the one I'm running against won't do that. Um, but if people don't want you, maybe it's time for you to not be there any longer. Mm. And if I didn't get the signatures, I think that's probably and that's probably a hard thing. I, I talk about this all the time with like um, like sports. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, if you're a if you're a when to walk away. No, well, it's like if you were a knuckleball pitcher growing up, right? Like right. Somewhere along the line, somebody tried to stop you from doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Somewhere yeah, yeah. along the way, you just got so good at it that it got to a point like, I can't can't deny it, right? Yeah. To a certain extent. I think that when you look at, like, the signatures thing and like, the people who come around, like, if you would look at the numbers and they were bad, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of politicians wouldn't have thought to themselves, like, oh, no, this isn't really in- indicative of what's out there. Like, this this is a false narrative, right? Right. I think that the idea... You've run a lot on transparency. I... I can see where if you looked around and were like, nah, this isn't, this isn't Yeah, oh, I promise you. You would have accepted it. Yeah, <laughs> I, oh, can't I promise imagine you. you would have been like. No, because look, you know, again, we go back to this small town uh, vibe with a big town feel. The the people around here are really smart, right? So, um, and, and it is local enough. So you can say, did you have, you know, a poll and the poll may not have come back well. You could change the narrative. I can go to people right. and say, hey, look, man, you may not you may not like this idea now, but let me explain it to you. Maybe we can, you know, we get our message out a little bit clearer. Mm-hmm. But with signatures, it's really direct. You're knocking on doors and you're, you're telling people, will you sign my petition? Because for me, again, with the Democratic Party and locally supporting Palmieri, he is on with five other people on a petition. It says Rob Palmieri. Uh, you know, Judy Galimo and three at-large people. There's five people on that sheet. 
So if let's say Judy Gleam, whom I I'm very uh, I like her very much, so I use her as a name affectionately. Let's say she goes out and gets a signature for herself. Hey, I need the okay. signature to run. It counts for four other people. I see. Right. I see. So with mine, I wouldn't have even done that. I wanted to see with just my name who supported me. I don't want somebody to get a signature for Sam Famolaro and then Sam and I are on a petition. Right. I don't know if they wanted me there. I don't know right. if they wanted. You won't know if they wanted Sam there. Maybe they're signing for Joe and Sam's just a happy byproduct. Right. Yeah. Right. That makes so, sense. Right. Yeah. So for me, I wanted my name alone because there were other people that wanted to put their name with me. Right? You could put your name on anybody's petition. I chose to go alone because I wanted to see the response that I got. Do people appreciate because it's not like I'm brand new. I wanted people to know I wanted to know, do people appreciate the eight years of work I've been in? And would they like to see me further that on the executive level as opposed to legislative, right? Which is why I say fourteen oh five. That's a very important number to me because fourteen hundred and five people in the course of five weeks signed a petition with just my name on it, no one else's. So that meant a lot to me. Um, getting the signatures, you know, it's very difficult to not get signatures. Yeah, I actually, it's funny though, because when Brindisi's guys came around years ago to do my signatures, I had never, it's going to sound stupid, but I wasn't familiar with the concept of mm -hmm. like having to sign on to the thing. I don't think a lot of people are. No. Like, wait, even though I'm a Democrat, I have to sign for the person who I'm planning on voting for? Mm-hmm. So I was a little gun shy when the guy walked up to my door. And I was like, "Will you sign this thing?" I was like, "This is pro Brindisi, right? You're, yeah, right. you're sure it is, right? Like, I'm not yeah. gonna. Say, I don't want my name to come back on some stuff and be like, you know, yeah, yeah." But it's not everywhere. It's not every state. Yeah. It's not not every state requires signatures yeah. to get on yeah. a ballot. Most uh, some states require just a, a a fee. Yeah, you pay five hundred dollars in Delaware, you're a candidate. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, right. I like the signature period because it, it. I do it anyway, but it forces other candidates to get out there and talk to people. Again, you know, you look at my opponent. My opponent has not gotten himself one signature this year. Mm -hmm. Not one. Didn't knock on one door and ask someone for their support. Not once. Mm -hmm. um, I find that to be um, a lack of, of accountability towards your process. So I knock on doors and, uh, you know, I look at the response and I have volunteers. And the volunteers, I, I come back to them and I say, okay, how'd you do today? Mm -hmm. Well, I got 22 signatures in, a, in three hours. And two people said no. Okay, why'd they say no? Um, well, one guy said that, you know, he's mowing his lawn. Okay, doesn't. <laughs> right, one guy great. said, you know, he's not interested in politics. Yeah. Okay, those, you you know, they're throwaways. Yeah. So of 1,400 signatures for me, I think we got 12 responses that were not in in the in a positive light for me. Not terrible, but, you know, well, like I like the way the guy's doing things and, you know, I don't care about the term. 1,400 to 12. That's absurd. Number. I'm not going to take that as – because a lot of people, what they'll do is they know the process very well. Like you say, some people don't. I had a couple people tell me, yep, I'll sign anything for anyone. I'm a Democrat. You're a Democrat. I'll sign anything for anyone. I look forward to hearing your campaign over the next four months. That's a really fair way to handle that process because it doesn't necessarily mean that all 1,400 people are going to go out and vote for me. They're just right. Democrats. just want to listen to you. They're, they, they're yeah, yeah. just Democrats. They're just allowing me the opportunity to run. So when I knock on a door – and so I don't like to sign any. Well, this isn't a vote for me. It's just to allow me to run. And people say that all the time. So that's what the signature process is, is it gets out and makes you go and talk to people. And uh, for me, it was an honor. 1,400 people. <clears throat> because, I mean, I've been in 5% uh, of the electorate. When I'm in the fourth ward, I needed 148. Right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you double it and you get like two eighty <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Now we're you know we're just doing this with our team and I, I you know on our on our own and 
um, were out there doing really good work, and that's great. It people, really is good. I think people pay attention. I mean, I think a big part of it, too, we talked I about it early on, you know, you've done a really good job of being on the street, being at events, showing up to talk to people, being on that ground, and I think that, uh, I think about it, too, with, like, the podcast, sometimes I, I take for granted how many people listen to the show every week and like sure. having a show, and when I'll go out in the street, I forget that people already have an opinion on me based on the, the yeah. work you put in, but, like... People remember the things you do, and when you have good relationships with people, it does come back. And people don't forget when they had a nice interaction with uh, Councilman you know, Bernissi or or, uh, or Common Council Marino or whatever. Like, there's yeah. million, you know, when you have a good interaction with somebody in politics, somebody who's supposedly like a you know an authority figure, right? sure, of course, it. it it sticks with you. And I think that it's gone a long way that your like personality has helped out and keeping all these people like on your side and wanting to support you. You so. compliment me well, and I appreciate it. I, 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 thank you. But um, but I, I mean it sincerely, man. People around here, they're not – It's I don't I don't know other cities. But, I mean, I could tell you around here, they are amazing people who are intelligent. Um, you know, you talk to uh, a Bosnian couple, right, and you see that they have a very difficult time speaking English. So some people automatically assume that that means they're lesser of intelligence, yeah. right? And yeah. I get it. I mean, you know, I, you know, yeah. but it's 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 anything but that case, right? And I, I've heard, I've had a number of conversations with people that you think that they're not paying attention because you're told, well, voters only remember the last two weeks. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I mean, that's not what I found. I found people in North Utica. I, I've walked everywhere, right? And I heard, um, I, I've heard that I'm the only uh, at-large candidate. Uh, meaning at large, meaning the whole city, not a district. I'm the only at large candidate that walked around Cornhill and got signatures. I don't wear that as a badge of honor. I wear that as a badge of shame for the rest of the other candidates yeah. who have not walked around to people who are genuinely looking for help. You know, I uh, I wonder. I sometimes think about this all the time. It must be really tough to like spend your life being like scared of things that are you're not comfortable with <laughs> that you're not around. Like living yeah. your life sort of in fear of like being around. The people you represent is is disheartening. I think sometimes it is disheartening, and it, it's because and look, you know, I say you know, twelve people or whatever. It said, I I prefer to go to those people. I prefer because look, at I say you a lot. You do learn something. Some people are obtuse. I mean, look, I'm sure. obtuse on Certainly. some issues, yeah. but some people just like ah, eh, the hell with you for the sake of the helling with you, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. But I I've talked to a lot of people, and uh, you know, not everyone agrees with everything I've said. You know, we talked about it on here before. I had an issue. It took me a long time to explain to people because politics really is a, a game, and I don't play it, yeah. you know, like uh, like my opponent does. Hmm. Like even going out there and having access to, you know, putting all these trucks together. Like you're wasting all this money, <laughs> right? You got like the entire city hall walking the streets to do sweeps. You know, those sweeps that he does? Oh, I'm very familiar with the mayor's sweeps. We do those every year. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, <laughs> they <But> exist. <laughs> they, they do. It, it's a decent concept, yeah. though. Yeah, it is a right? good concept. The concept yeah. is wonderful. But do you really need the entire fire department? Or can the fire department perhaps be better served putting out fires? right? Or do you need Brian Thomas, the Economic Development Committee? What is he walking around for? You know, you shut down City Hall ostensibly, uh, ostensibly for an entire day in the summer because you want to put on a show. Now, if you would like to walk with a codes enforcement officer and a public safety officer of some capacity, yeah. if you would like to do that to figure out what I will ask the mayor, and this is a, this is an exclusive here, and I know the answer. How many tags have you given out for codes violations during your sweeps? Mm. 
How many, what are the results? Are the are they a campaign walk? Are they a campaign walk? Or are they an effective tool to handle the violations that you're clearly yeah. trying to? So I know the answer. I know that when they started, yeah. what they were like, and I know what they are now. So um, it is shutting down city. You know what had happened? And again, the, the layer of an onion in West or in North, uh, South Utica, rather. What that means is because South Utica, Wednesday is your Green Waste Day, Tuesday to Wednesday, yeah. right? The DPW is focused on the sweep, so you guys get your stuff picked up later. Mm-hmm. So people have complained a number of times about not having Green Waste picked up because every truck in the city is yeah. following Palmieri around in a full <laughs> three-piece suit yeah. with a bolt cutter. That The suit was the one that got me when I saw it. I was like, hmm. It's a, I mean, a full three-piece suit and a bulk. Again, if you'd like to do that, yeah. if you'd like to, don't make a show of it. Don't do it because you're trying to portray some image. Go do it. Walk around. Go knock on some guy's door. And I'm not a big fan of code tags. I, yeah. I think codes violations are best served with a knock on the door, talk to the guy. I come back here in a week. Right. That problem's not right, done. Right. We got an issue. Because exactly. you're not trying to make money off of codes no. violations. You shouldn't anyway. So if you're really if you're sincere, because again, it's not a terrible concept to take city hall out to the public. It's a wonderful concept. Mm-hmm. You walk around, you show people the you know who's who, and that's a wonderful concept. But if you're only doing it to revitalize your image and not the city, mm-hmm. that is a terrible way to interact because it's a waste of my money. I don't need. You want one cop, two cops? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do I need four cruisers and the chief of police? No. The chief of police has actually got work to do. What is he going to he's not He's not even capable by way of his job title to go run someone down if there's a problem. Exactly. So, you know, what is it, What is his duty on that sweep other than I got the chief of police right here. I got the economic development. The, you know, you, you've got the board of assessment in review. It is, it's, it's become a circus. And I just, I refuse, like when people talk about, well, you know, we're a lean government. How could you cut waste? What? Are you, I have plenty of ideas. <laughs> give me, give me a minute, and I'll tell you. What uh, What is next now that you are on the ballot and you have the signatures and officially good to go? What's the next step in the process for you guys? Yeah, you're a baseball guy, right? Yes. Indeed. So this is a, a fun analogy that I like to use, and it seems to resonate with people. So if running a campaign is like a baseball season, yeah. spring training is basically the announcement. Leading up to what would be the regular season of signature period. Right. Because you can't make the playoffs unless you get enough signatures. Right. So the playoffs is now. Mm-hmm. And you run through. And this is now what we do during um, this time is we campaign. We make phone calls. Volunteers go knock on doors. I go knock on doors. Uh, we talk about issues. I, I uh, challenge for debates. I talk about the things that are important to me. Uh, I could tell you right now. Um, I've got other points that I'll, I'll get into later. I know the the trash bags is an issue, and it mm. will be, but it's not a primary one. Uh, I'm going to turn back term limits within 100 days. I'd like to do it within the first month. But within 100 days yeah. of me being in office, term limits will go back. Yeah. But beyond that, why it's going to take me, I believe, a full 100 days, I'm going to turn back term limits in a week. Yeah. Term limits are going to be eight years by January 10th. Yeah. But why it's going to take me 100 days is because I'm going to change the rule through the state's permission, and I've already talked to a few people in the state, that you are no longer allowed to, if by way of a referendum something governmentally was changed, to change it by anything other than another referendum. There is no way we should be able to take a referendum and change it. So that's going to be in there. But I'm going to talk about issues for the next, uh, you know, nine to ten weeks. And then um, the World Series is June 25th for me. 
So, uh, you know, like the New England Patriots, we've had a lot of good victories and a lot of good polling results and a lot of good people results. Um, and endorsements have been coming in, um, you know, and those are wonderful. People have been supportive. Uh, but like the New England Patriots, when they played the Giants, they won every game until the Super Bowl and they lost the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going to make sure that people know that even if I believe I'm ahead, um, I won't play like that. I won't let... I, you know what I, I tell people too? I've... You know, somebody would say, well, you know, you've been in government a long time. You probably learned how to be the mayor. Uh, I like to tell people that I've got a master's class in how not to be the mayor. You know, so, uh, you know. I say that about my dad because I was yeah. divorced. I'm like, I'll be a great dad because I'll just do it all my own. Everything my old man didn't do. I'll do right. all those things. Whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you know, the people deserve the people deserve to be respected. They deserve to be appreciated. And I think that they're going to get that again. And then in the meantime, when they get access to their government and they get that respect and they feel like they're a part of the city again and not just, you know, a member of, you know, some fiefdom, um, when that's done, I'm going to use my accounting degree. I'm going to fix some taxes. I'm going to pave some roads. And, uh, and we're going to get back to uh, the place that it – and then people like Devin Mahoney and, uh, you know, and you guys and Made in Utica and, uh, you know, Handshake City. Those kind of things are going to be supported because they are vital because the arts community and the entertainment community – and, uh, you know, I can go on and on. Our school district is, has no relationship with the city. Yeah. The youth has no relationship with the city. Yeah, that's a, that's a conversation that I've found myself in as a person who works for community outreach yeah. for Maine Utica and also in the education system. Right. It seems like they should be more aligned. Uh, it seems like the youthful exuberance of, like, the school system would sort of play into the community. Yeah. And it does seem like there is some sort of disconnect between finding a common ground look again being involved i'm not an yeah. i'm not a novice in this area yeah. i've been involved for eight years yeah. directly being involved i could tell you firsthand yeah. it is our fault yeah. that we're not working with, look at again we're gonna have a press conference uh, the mayor is gonna have a press conference yeah. in about maybe a month or a little less yeah. than a month on a new multi-million dollar field at proctor park to to fill over for Alessandro Stadium? No, 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 no. The uh, Savi Longo and Cal Ripken okay. Jr. have come up with money to put a full turf field in at Proctor Park. Wonderful. The city's paid roughly. Cal Ripken really feels bad about taking the Blue Sox. This is all. This I know. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. No, Blue he's Sox. great. Savi yeah, Longo yeah, yeah. is a wonderful yeah. asset to the community. City of Utica contributed eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. My problem is not certainly the field. The kids are going to love it. I love it. Uh, my problem is certainly not um, Salvatore Longo getting involved in our community. That is amazing. Savi is a good friend. Uh, Cal Ripken being a national figure, wonderful. My problem is our mayor knew about that field for a year and a half. He didn't tell the school district. Meanwhile, well, he didn't tell the school district because he needed the press conference during an election year. Right. Meanwhile... The school district is going to spend upwards of $5 million rehabbing all their fields, right? We just voted on it, yeah. okay? Then, meanwhile, all that's happening, we didn't tell the county that we're doing this field, and <laughs> MVCC is going to do a multi-million dollar field in behind their complex on Culver Ave. Huh. So within 10 blocks, we're going to spend $12 million on fields when it could have just taken three phone calls yeah. from the guy who was the only one because it's not Kel Ripken's uh, responsibility right. to right, call right. Bruce Karam or the school board. It's not Kel Ripken's responsibility to call, uh, you know, Randy That's Van right. Wagner. Yeah. So now city taxpayer money, because we pay county, we pay school, we pay city. City money's going into this, school's going into that, and county's going into MVCC. City money 
is paying for three versions of fields between uh, Sherman Drive and Walsh Bush Road. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And all we needed to do was have a little less arrogance, a little less me, and a little more us. Uh, people can follow Joe uh, at at Joe Utica Four on Twitter. You're very active on there. Uh, also, yeah. I don't want to give your personal Facebook. I will if you want, but you have yeah. the Joe Marino for Mayor Facebook page. You should all go on there and check that out. Getting a lot of supporters on there. I see as well. We're trying. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very. You know, I'm good at my personal page for Facebook. I know how to post, and you know, these things. Uh, look, you know, I let politician and campaign managers do all that stuff. Go on my personal page. Just look for me at Joe uh, Joe Marino in Utica, and you'll find me. We got when, everything up there. When Michelle True was on last week, we talked a bit about, uh, I feel like I've gotten to a point now where I've reached my limit for how much social media I can be involved in. <laughs> it's I, a lot. I do a lot of Twitter stuff and a lot of Facebook stuff when I can for the show, but yeah. by the time it gets to Instagram, I'm like, nah, I'm done. I can't, Instagram's hard. Right. Yeah, you got to find a picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, you got to find a picture to put the words. I know. Instagram's uh, tough. We've gone over an hour. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Before okay. I let you go, I got sure. a couple quick lightning round ish questions that I feel remiss. I wouldn't if I didn't ask before we left. Please. Uh, I haven't talked to him at all since he won. Uh, have you, you and Tony Brindisi have been close friends for many years. Yeah. I feel weird calling him Tony. I know I shouldn't call him. He's the yeah, he's an Anthony. He's an Anthony guy anyway. But no, that's okay. Yeah, uh, Congressman. No, don't yeah. call him that. Um, how have you, have you stayed in contact with him since since he left? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. Yep. So. Uh, again, our relationship, and I, I try not to overutilize him and yeah. you, he, me, because we have our own ideas. Sure, and right. um, I don't mean like your political. It just happens to be we're both in power. Yeah. yeah, we're both. No, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, like, well, look, we live three houses down yeah, from each other, yeah. right? So, so um, yeah, we've stayed in contact a lot. It's funny. And we actually, he and I, don't talk a lot about politics when we talk. Doesn't surprise me at all. Actually. I mean, we just we just don't. So we talk about the Yankees. Um, you know, we 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 play cards to, with one another's families. Our kids all get together. Uh, but he is loving life, and I, I, I let me separate my friendship with him for a second. I couldn't be more proud of a representative for our district than I've ever been in my life with Anthony Brindisi. Yeah. Here's why: he is a a moderate guy who will listen to reason. Period. That's it. He's just a normal human being who happens to have an elected title. That's the way I vote for people. That's the way I run. Uh, he loves it. He's doing great. Am I am I dumb for feeling uh, like nervous to ask him to come on now that he's the congressman? If you don't text him, I, I I'm gonna text. I actually called him a little while ago because what I'd like. Just speaking of not talking about politics. Um, his son plays on my oh, travel yeah, baseball yeah. team, so uh, I was going to ask him about something. Um, but I'm going to text him right now. Oh, I love it. Little little on-air texting. Is yeah. My I dig it. Uh, on with Sam. He needs... Let me see if he gets us back. A podcast stat. Hang on, that's my wife. She's going to... Oh, man, I love it. You know, it's funny, too, because I, uh, I was just reading his robocall bill that he was pushing through, and that's, like, a big one for me. Yeah, see, but again, these things are normal things. Why yeah. isn't anyone, you know, and that's why he says, I heard him, so I'll talk about him like a pundit, not a yeah, friend. Yeah, sure. This is not something that we talked about generally. Um, when he says the Mueller report, right, yeah. and Trump, he is clearly not a, a favorable ally of Donald Trump. Right. But he needs to work with the guy. But his take on the radio this morning was... Look, the Mueller report's out. Let's move on to actually get to things that help people. When you get bogged down in the minutia and the nonsense of all this stuff, 
you are not taking care of robocalls. You're not taking care of net neutrality. You're not taking care. So all that stuff gets lost, which is why I like what Anthony is doing in that. It'd be very easy for him as a Democrat to go, let's get out there. Let's impeach Trump. Let's yeah. figure out a way to do it. I get it. It's wonderful. The fact is, though, how much does that help me at home right now? You can kind of leave that to uh, Jerry Nadler. <laughs> He's the yeah, one who right, yeah, right, right. let him yeah. go out there and be like, right. I want the whole unredacted report and all that yeah, kind of thing. I, I mean, I get it, but how much time and energy do you want to spend on it? You said it. Let's go. Say. And let me just say this because I've been thinking about it the last couple of days. 448 pages is enough pages where on either side of the political spectrum you can read this report and say, validates what I'm talking about. I'm sure there's things on both sides you can look at and say, like, it... It's how you read it. Yeah, it's how you want to read it. It's, like, it's like the Bible in a weird way. How, you, how do you want to read this? How do you want to use it to justify sure. what you're talking about? Yeah. Right? I I don't think that if they even put out the unredacted report with everything in there, that it's going to be some sort of smoking gun or it's going to be some sort of ice cold, like, see, I told you. It's going to be exactly what it is now. Look, he came be. up with a conclusion yeah. based on, he knows the unredacted report. Yeah. He came up with a conclusion. Look. In my opinion, Donald Trump does enough bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, let's, <laughs> I'm fine. You didn't get him on this one with a smoking yeah, right. gun, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. You know, let's move on. I don't think there's ever going to be a smoking gun. I don't think that exists. In, in I don't think it happens in the world. Like, the idea that there's going to be some videotape of him and Putin, like, shaking hands and playing Uno and drinking vodka together. That doesn't exist. I don't think it exists anymore. I don't know. I mean, they got Nixon on it. True. You different know, time, I think. different so, time. I mean, look, people people will get away with generally what they could. I just don't know that this in this particular case. But I don't know. I, I didn't read the report. I, yeah, I, just, I haven't read much of it yet. Either. You know, I have three non political questions for you before I let you go. Sure, today. let's uh, do it. One, I saw you talking about Tiger Woods on Twitter. Uh, I saw a lot of people had mixed opinions on Tiger I in get general it. winning. Uh, but for most folks, I think we're sort of in the same line with you. It's people love a comeback story, especially like. Americans love uh, someone who falls from grace and then fights their way back up to the top. And I think that's what a lot of people were really feeling about this Tiger thing. Yeah, um, and that's the way I felt. I mean, you know, I, I really, I do love America. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, seen a lot, you know, in, in my life. Um, and what America's great about is that they are a forgiving country. Yeah. And if you would own your mistakes, if you go out there and lie, if this guy went out there and constantly said, look, you know, I mean, I had every right to say stay out of my business. That's right. Thing. Sure. But he's an imperfect man. And, you know, like my mother would always say to me, uh, I'm a Catholic. And she'd always go, uh, yeah, go, Ma, you know, I, I screwed up. I made a mistake. It was a really big one this time. And she'd go, Joe, look at your hands. And I go, wow. She'd go, are there holes in your hands? And I, no, Mom, they're not. She'd go, there's one guy that's perfect in the world, and he's gone. And, you know, he's up there looking down on you. You're not going to be perfect. So, I, you know, the guy made a lot of mistakes. I don't agree with how what, what he's done with his life. But yeah. he's done a, he's done a, a, something to better it and own it. And, you know, I think that that should be celebrated. Not I think if, if you put him in a prison for the rest of his life because of mistakes that he's made in, in the past, I don't think that that's fair. So I, I wanted to publicly say that I appreciate that the American culture can – you know, do that, and I, I per, personally to him do that. I think it's a, it's a thing about nuance, right? Like, uh, I think you can go back to almost any major athlete of our of the 20th century, and even before that. You know, you go back to like Babe Ruth, maybe the most important baseball player of his era, right? Yeah. Smoking 15 cigars a night, you know, sleeping with different women, Womanizing. drinking booze. Well, like he was not a, he was not some moral like center for baseball. No, he was yeah. a troublemaker, right? But yeah. that didn't. He was also a superstar, and he transcended the game, and people. Are drawn to that. They're yeah. they're drawn to that sort of magnetism. I think for me, the thing about Tiger, it was the reason I was also liked. Um, I like watching LeBron still. 
I like greatness. I like watching somebody who's at the pinnacle. It's like, wow, this guy can do it all, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's great. Maybe no. neither of those two guys are at their pinnacle right now, but it's... <laughs> no, right, I know, a little a little beyond. But no, you're right. I mean, look, it, it is entertaining, obviously, which is yeah. why he's so popular. Yeah. A lot of people feel the way you do. But for me, in that case, he made a he made a bunch of mistakes. He His yeah. life was at the lowest of lows, yeah. and it, it has to be, and I've never, thank God, had lowest of lows. I know my lows, and my lows weren't pleasant at all. Yeah. But even even mine, I can't compare. So he climbed out of that, and I give him a lot of credit for it. And I would be, uh, it would be a loss if I didn't ask you before we got out of here, how concerned should I be with the Yankees? Should I have more patience? It's very early in the year. I know a lot of folks don't like them. They just signed another first baseman this morning, yeah. uh, some veteran first baseman from the Marlins. You got another hour? I mean, yikes. <laughs> I'm not psyched about it. I know. feel good about the whole thing. I, you know, I think that they just screwed it up in the in the offseason. No pitching. pitching, I mean, everybody's talking about Bryce Harper. Wonderful. Love Bryce Harper. I'll tell you something about me. I'm a wicked traditionalist. I kind of like a bat flip. I like a bit. I I like I like music going on in the background. I was weirdly when it got to the point when Harper and Machado hadn't signed that we were like a month out of spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of me was thinking to myself, you know. We should really pull the Yankees and just sign one of these guys if no one's gonna pay. I money thought the for same them, thing. I thought no the same thing. No one wants to throw money at these guys. Yeah. Let, let's do it because what's I thought the, the same thing. And but now, even if we got both those, Sam, we still wouldn't have had a pitching. We, we we still wouldn't have had a pitching. Machado would be useful now because Andujar's gone for however long. And yeah, they have no third baseman. But right. again, I I would have liked a pitcher. I would be happy with what we have now if we had more pitching. I Paxton yeah, seems okay. Uh, he seems okay. I mean, you know, um, but I just I really think that. Pitching sets the tone for any baseball team. Exactly. A good bull, a good uh, pitching staff and bullpen will beat a good lineup any day of the week, right? So the Yankees broke the record for most home runs last year, right? Mm-hmm. Broke the record. Boston Red Sox won because of sale, because Price had a decent, you know, uh, life for a half an hour, you know. So um, I think that I think you shouldn't be that concerned. I really don't. Because the Red Sox suck. Well, I was going to say, I, gonna be, I would be more concerned if the Red Sox didn't also seem to yeah, be yeah. in free fall. I do yeah. not believe that the Tampa Bay Rays will win this division. That's no. all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So don't be concerned uh, because we don't have to be great, great. Houston's going to be a problem, though. And uh, I'll tell you, Seattle's out- outrageous right now. I don't know what Seattle's doing out there. but um, I have three weeks left in my Premier League soccer season, which is really Right, yeah, you're a big soccer guy. Well, Liverpool's in the title race for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. So I'm genuinely invested, but... After the next three weeks, once the season ends, then I can really commit to baseball in the end of the I don't blame season. So, Joe, it's a great pleasure, as Same. always, to talk to you. My pleasure, uh, Again, I have to bring you on before episode 300, but if I get to 300, yeah. I guess I have no choice but to bring you on now. No, I really, really appreciate it. I love your <laughs> I love your show. I'll come on anytime, all Thank the time, you, man. man. It's it's really great. And uh, if I can get Brent dizzy, but he... he uh, Know, he's a he's big, a busy sh- man. He he's a big shot now. I'm gonna. Um, no. I, guess, I guess my question is, if I reach, if I reach, text out him to him for probably... sure. I, mean, I I say it in jest. Text him for sure. Yeah, he would love to come on. So his schedule, a congressperson yeah, schedule, yeah. is three Fight weeks wild. in Washington, mm-hmm. and then you're home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, nice. um, Thursday night ish. So you're home Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three weeks, and then you're home a whole entire week mm-hmm. without going into Washington, less of an emergency, mm-hmm. right? So this is his week home. Mm. And what he does when he's home is he goes to businesses, holds town halls. He right, likes yeah. to be again, you know, that accessible he's guy. He's doing his job of that too. Right? Yeah, yeah, he really and he, he does he does love it. So uh, and this week uh, since it's spring break, his kids have been with him a lot. So uh, yeah, he uh, and then Easter Sunday he might be uh, might be going to to do something for oh, yeah, Easter festivities Easter down there. So uh, but yeah, no, for sure, for sure, he's not changed a single solitary bit except his. Uh, 
His pitch game has really stepped up. Ooh. His pitch game has stepped Ooh, up a lot. National pitch game. His, <laughs> yeah, it's stepped up a lot. Joe, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Thanks, good Friday. Enjoy your Easter weekend. Happy Easter. Way. Yeah, thank happy you. Easter to you and you guys. And we'll be back to the show in just a Again, uh, always a pleasure to talk to him. I'll link to everything so you can check out uh, his uh, mayoral candidacy and everything he has going on. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys for just a moment. Uh, right now, uh, let me explain this. My mom, on Easter, likes to do little fun conversation starter games. And one of the ones she did uh, tonight was she gave us a list of 23 different little riddles. And each of the riddles had an answer that was a type of candy. So, as I'm doing the little intro here with about 30 seconds left... Kevin and Heather are filling out their sheet. Uh, when they're done, I'm going to tell each of I'm going to tell the uh, the riddle out loud, and we're going to see how many they got correct. Now there are 23 possible uh, correct answers. Uh, no one in my family got more than 14 correct. Uh, they're not hard necessarily. It's just hard when you put pressure on people. You guys have five seconds left, Heather and Kevin, to finish this up. Three, two, no. one. And, of course, when I said pencils down, I accidentally turned the recording off. But, yeah. So, how did you guys feel about it? I felt stupid. (laughs) This is stupid. I only knew, like, really one. I think I made up a couple. Do you guys want another, like, 30 seconds? Do you want another 30 seconds? Yeah, for sure. I could beat up the other side in 30 seconds. No, don't. Because I don't need him to... I'll give you another 30 seconds right now. All right. Another 30 seconds. So, another 30 seconds. Uh, Again, these are all... They're not as tricky as, as... You'll be frustrated when you find the answer to some of them. I know I am. I feel frustrated. I had, to, uh, I had to look them up. I only did... I tied for the highest record at 14. All right. So we're getting toward the end here. I'll give you another 10, 15 seconds. All right. This is some I'm great podcast. You're done? Yeah, You're giving up, Heather? That's it. All right. Drink my juice. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Listen... My mom got like seven, I think, out of the eight. So I have like one. You have one? All <laughs> one right. And then I know it's for sure a winner. Kev, you feeling good? Yeah. All right. So here you are. You guys ready? Uh, number one, a famous swashbuckling trio of old. What'd you guys put? Nothing. Nothing? Three Musketeers. Three oh, that's Musketeers. So good. That's that. correct. Uh, number two, Indian burial grounds. Mounds. Mounds. Oh. Yes. That's good. See, Kev, you're on a roll right now. Uh, three, Galaxy. Milky Way. Oh, Milky yeah. Way. Oh, Heather, you're not liking this at all, are you? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I have a basket. Come here. Number four, Red Planet. Can you give me one? Yeah. I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got number four. Read it. Four, Red Planet. I, uh, red Planet? Mars, the Red Planet. Oh. Mars bars. Okay. See, I'm no one so knew sorry. that one. A Mars bar. Yeah, no one knew that not one. Not laughing out. Not five. Not laughing. I didn't get this one, Heather. Not five. Perhaps not laughing you out. you would be snickering, wouldn't you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, not so laughing. Smart. Six. This isn't smart. <laughs> Six. Smart. Can't hold Just on to anything. Nobody lays a finger on my butterfly. Oh my gosh! You knew this before we started. There's Never no seen way this before in my life. It. Number seven, a famous author. I didn't get this one as well when I first did it. This was O. Henry. Do you know that one? 
I kept thinking of something for that for a different thing, actually. So yeah. it's funny you say Everyone that. Oh, Henry. Yeah, Babe Ruth, famous baseball player, the Baby Ruth. Exactly, Baby Ruth. Uh, number nine, a famous New York street. Fifth Avenue. Oh, yeah. One of the most underrated yeah. candy bars in the game. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. Right now. <laughs> number ten, TV. twin letters. I couldn't believe I missed this one on my I end. I couldn't even get letters. I was like, Kit Kat. M&M. M&M's. 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 Twin letters. There's two of them. Uh, I'm just going to... No, I just go to this one. Uh, number 11 was Superman's other identity. Clark Bar. Clark, Clark Bar. Bar. That's right. You got... Right. Yes, Clark Bar. Is that the first one you got correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the one you got correct, Clark <laughs> yeah. Bar. Uh, 12, the sweet sign of affection. Kiss. Kiss. Hershey Kiss. Yeah. I, I just need time. Uh, a favorite day for working people. Number thirteen. I was trying to decide if there was like a Sunday. A payday. 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 Oh, yes, that's, that's right. All, right. All right. So this one was this one was whack. Number fourteen. What bees make? They make honey. Yeah, but what candy bar has the word honey in it? This was dumb. I hated this one. I never heard of any. A candy bit of honey. You ever had a bit of honey? That's not fair. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's a bit of honey. That's like garbage tier. Yeah, like yeah. Up old Halloween trick or treating yeah. old people. Uh, number fifteen, nut happiness. Another word for that would be almond joy. Oh, almond joy. Good uh, sixteen, pleasingly plump. Nobody got this one. No. Chunky, the chunky oh, bar. God, do those still exist? Uh, that's what my mom said. It's so weird that you said that. It's exactly the same thing my mom said. She's like, I don't think they exist anymore. 17, two female pronouns. Two female pronouns. Hershey's. Hershey's uh, bar. That's kind of, I know, it's whack. Uh, 18, a feline. Cat. Kit Kat. Yeah, <laughs> Kit Kat. Uh, 19, single woman. Single women look for him. I couldn't believe this one. This is hilarious. Number 19, single women look for him. What candy? It's a candy. It's a candy. A real candy? Maybe she doesn't have a job. Maybe he's got a lot of money. What would you call him? No, a sugar daddy. A sugar daddy. Forgot yes, that's correct. Those. A sugar daddy. How about a round flotation life device? Lifesaver. That's a lifesaver. Woohoo, I got two. Uh, how about a sun explosion? What do you call it when the sun explodes? Death? <laughs> yeah, the black death. No, a starburst. How about that? Oh. Uh, a bite with a crackling noise. Crunch. A crunch. Oh, I would have accepted crackle as well if you had said the crackle bar. You would have been wrong. I would have protested. <laughs> and number 23, a dry cow. Cow tail. No, I thought it was cow tail too. It's a milk dud. That's what my mom Stupid. said. I thought that was dumb. Mm. So did you guys hate that game that was terrible for podcasting? It was, ter- that was terrible for podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> did you? I mean, this is like, it's a fun game to like shoot and talk about, but for a lot of time, we were all just like jabbering. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. <laughs> Joe's interview just got done. It's been so long <laughs> since we've been back. And then we back. Nobody we knows what's this. happening. I thought it would be hey, fun. Hang on. Us? One, two, three. What do we get oh, for losing? 12, 13, 14. You tied everybody else. Okay, 14. 14 seems to be the number. Really, I, I'm pretty sure two isn't. I think with... <laughs> I'm taking this to see if my husband can do it. I have, Here, I have a fresh one without any writing okay, on perfect. it. Okay, perfect. If you want to I take that one. It. And then here's the, the answer key if you want it. Oh, I have mine. All right, good. All right, so thanks for playing my game, guys. I thought it'd be fun. I have another game for you guys at the end that we'll play that my mom made us play. I like um, how you think us. We didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I, I appreciate you guys just going with the flow. Uh th- did I thank, thank Joe Marino Sam's already? Mom. I did thank Joe Marino already. Thanks to my mom for uh, coming up with weird games to play. And my mom is the best when it comes to like holidays and stuff. She's always got like, oh, weird your mom games. Is the best. Your mom is the best. Conversation. No qualifiers. Full True stop. Story. Your mom's the best. Uh, I have history lessons for you guys, but the I show... I was just going to say, you oh, hit me with some special like history lessons after this game. <laughs> I, uh, I do. I have a couple history lessons, but I didn't, again, I didn't have time to research because I wasn't at my office, so they're very short this week. I go on, on this day, 200 episodes ago, we had the first episode. Yeah. That's actually not true, because the four-year anniversary of the actual start date of the show 
would have been 208, so two months from now. I didn't say four years ago. Oh. I two... said 200 episodes ago. Oh, I see. The 200... Using a different measurement of time here. <laughs> I see. I see. Uh, so I just have a couple quick ones. Uh, on this day, 1730... 735 B.C., the city of Rome was founded. Mm. The The legend of... What I like about the, the city of Rome and the founding of the city of Rome is they the story that they tell of like Romulus and Remus, the two brothers, mm-hmm. it's like... That's like the accepted, like, oh yeah, this is how the city was found. You're like, that's a myth. That's not a real story. But they're like, no, no, it's funny. They they got suckled by a wolf, and then they uh, and then he killed one of them, and then that's the city. This is where we came from. You can only get away with that in like 735 BC. People are like, no one's questioning that story. Our arts mystery myths today. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. I heard a couple of interesting myths. That's true. Uh, in case you thought I meant the city of Utica, uh, city of Rome near Utica, that's not what we're talking about. That has not been around since 735. BC, but I did hear an interesting fact about the city of Rome today that I did not know. Do you guys want to hear it? Always. Yes. Do you guys know who Jesse Williams is? No. In 1850. 1850- no. In 1851, Cowboy. Jesse Williams from Rome, New York, invented American cheese. Oh. Yeah, he was the first like man. Real cheese? Like, like. Like pasteurized American cheese. cheese. Like, like, yeah, sure like it's not processed. Single wrapped slices of right. orange or white cheese. Right. Yeah. American cheese. Again, you know where I learned that? On that weird government cheese documentary I, I watched on YouTube. So there you go. From Rome, New York. I didn't know that. American cheese from Rome, New York. Uh, also on this day in 1990, cartoon All Stars to the Rescues is shown on all four major uh, networks at the time. NBC, ABC, Fox, and CBS. For those of you who don't know Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, and I don't have my notes in front of me, I watched this a million times as a kid. It was an anti-drug uh, cartoon, but it had every cartoon character in it at the yeah. time. Like, the Muppet Babies were in it, and the Ninja Turtles were in it, and, like, Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. It was crazy. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Vaguely. I remember yeah. that being a thing. I remember them doing, like, like um, thing. And yeah, yeah. yeah, it was very much... Like smashing together. In the spirit and of, like... Rough and all that. <laughs> well, I remember it because, like... If you go back and watch it now, it's funny because it's very heavy-handedly, like, Mm anti-drugs, right? It's like, I want to say the scene I remember is, like, Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles flushing the kid down the toilet. Because he's like, if you take drugs, cowabunga, dude, you blast down the drain. And I flushed (laughs) him down. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really, really heavy-handed. But as a kid, I didn't pay attention to that part because I was like, hey, look, it's... Like the Animaniacs, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, look, it's Bugs Bunny and and all my all my all favorite, his pals, all my pals hanging out together in one place. Uh, and I think that was kind of the catch of it, though, was to get all of these different like intellectual properties together because they were using it for this big PSA across. It was a smart way to like get all. I mean, if not a little manipulative, but hey, you know, it, it can be both. It can be both things. I also, when we were in, uh, Kev, we went up to Inlet a couple years ago. Uh, and there was a place called the Screaming Eagle, which sold VHS tapes. They still and I, do. And I fa- they, they still, still do? They're still there. Oh, yeah. Screaming Eagle's institution, yeah. They had a copy of this on VHS, and I regret not buying it at the time. I should have just bought it when they I was would, there. You could just take it when you want. What the hell are you going to play it on? Well, just to have it. It's a good uh, mm. It's a good piece of, you know, you never run across it. Who never knows? Or you can go on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it. Probably is on YouTube, you need, actually. You don't need to take it. Well, I didn't think about that at the time. I know. I uh, on this day, 1993, uh, Kevin Sullivan's favorite television show, Walker, Texas Ranger, debuted on CBS. Why, Kevin, why, would, you, why would you say that? Because I know you I hate... I used to watch that show. Because you, <laughs> you hate Chuck Norris and Walker, Texas Ranger a lot, it seems like, uh, over the years. Chuck Norris... I mean, Chuck Norris... Uh, Fundamentally not a good guy, um, for sure. <laughs> but also, yeah, you know what it is? I hate the whole, I'm backlashing. 
I'm doing backlash to that whole oh if Chuck Norris fought a mountain, Chuck Norris would be right. <laughs> there was a period there was a, there were like there was a weekend where those were funny. And it's been like fifteen years and I think ever since then it's still a, going. Plus I hate the show Walker Texas Ranger outside of just Chuck Norris. Right. Like, bad T V show. <laughs> it's not a good you show. He gets round off kick in every episode though. Well, that was the thing that I never understood about Walker, Texas Ranger, right? Like, so Chuck Norris is, like, a known karate master or whatever, right? I remember watching him get beat up by Bruce Lee mm-hmm. in The Way of the Dragon. But, like, in that show, the thing that I remember all the time was that Chuck Norris would just violently shoot people. Like, I was like, yo, everybody. you, everybody, like, they just openly <laughs> shot a lot of people on that show for CBS in, like, 1993. Mm-hmm. And he was very rarely kicking anybody. He was using a gun. Should have been called, like, Walker, Texas Ranger, like... Artillery master. He was yeah, but, but back master. then it was different though because back then when you shoot a guy, it's not like now if you shoot somebody on TV, like you're watching somebody bleed and have a horrible injury. Yeah, it's back true. then it's like gun noise, man falls. Yeah, now yeah, it's it falls like over. because you talk. I mean, you go back and you watch some of the old westerns. They used to shoot people by the dozen. You know. Well, the reason they do that is if you actually put on television the way that a person looks when they get shot in real life, no one would want to watch it. It's terrible, horrifying. All right, let's move on from something a little bit. Uh, well, I guess this is dark too. On this day, 2016, uh, Prince passed away. It's been. I feel like that just happened. Yeah, three years ago now. That's it's not crazy. that not too long ago. Um, what's your first primary Prince memory? If you think about Prince, what's your first thing that comes to mind? I always feel like Purple Rain, right? The movie Purple Rain yes. is like the first thing that comes to mind for me. And then my mom had a boyfriend who wore earrings like he had. Oh, he had really? Purple feather earrings. Yes. And I was like, Gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kev, what's your oh first primary Prince song? Song? Well, anyway, the first thing you think of when I say Prince. Um, it's not a song, but mm. when he uh, when he plays guitar, when he plays a guitar solo oh, yeah. on the "Well, My Guitar Gently Weeps" at the Rock and Roll Fan, mm. look it up on YouTube. Yeah, he's kind of. I think people love like Prince songs and like the all halftime music. show too. The halftime oh, show, yeah. Super Bowl is really good. I think of all the things that he doesn't get quite enough credit for is the fact that he's one of the better guitar players, like, full stop of all time. He's full stop, yeah. yeah. He's, full he's amazing. Uh, and then on this day, 2018, last year, uh, I'm just going to say it. I've waited 200 episodes. Uh, you guys, I try really hard to not talk about Liverpool on this show as often. as my. It's like the one thing in my life that's as close as I have to religion. Every week, I get up early in the morning and I watch Liverpool by myself. Uh, or with Justin, and we commune about something that I care very deeply about, even though I know that fundamentally the whole thing's kind of corrupt. But that's okay. Somehow I look past it. And Liverpool is very close to winning the title this year. They're only three games away. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they win, I'm going to be very pleased. If they lose, for the first time in many years watching a sporting event, I will be devastated and probably sad for two When's days. When's that? Three weeks from now. Mm. Three weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah. They're They're very close. To winning a title. The first time they could win a title in 30 years. For all you non-soccer fans, it's a big deal for me. I'm going to say that when I go to work tomorrow because the girl loves soccer at work. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I know what I'm talking Liverpool. about. Liverpool. We're, we're so close. This yeah. is the chance, lads. So uh, but no, <laughs> my real history lesson <laughs> from this week, uh, 2018. Uh, Avengers Infinity War debuted. Uh, we're only like a week away from the yeah. last Avengers movie, theoretically, right? Yeah, the well, last. the last. But like the, yeah, the, last. the last of this, cur- I don't know, the fate, whatever they call the fate. Last until the next. Yeah, seemingly the last ones with Chris the Evans and uh, and Robert Downey Jr. 
Are you, what's your excitement level for Avengers Endgame, Heather? You're, oh, you're looking at me. Yeah, well, I figure I start with I you. I saw the previews for it. Uh, I don't have an excitement level for it. Mm, that's fair. That's okay. I mean... I love Robert Downey Jr. and I loved him in Iron Man. Yeah. If I had to watch it because he's in the movie. That that's fair. That would be about it. Kevin, how about you? You excited for Endgame at all? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it'll be cool. I'm not super excited for the idea of having to like fight my way through a crowd to go see it. I'm probably not going to go see it opening no, that's weekend. Dumb. That that's seems dumb. odd. Although I've heard, I've heard, and uh, maybe some of the listeners might know, but I've heard that they've made some real modifications up at the Marquee Cinema in Hartford. Maybe yes. I'll go just for that. I've yeah. heard that they've got like big booming reclining seats now. You get, um, you select your seats. So really? Seats are, like, so assigned. you can get a reclining? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so. Guys, I have a couple quick fun uh, game number two for you guys. Uh, this is, is it another uh, visual writing? No, game? no, this is not a visual you've writing. Heard the game. recorded spoken show. No, <laughs> this is not another visual uh, game. This is a uh, just a uh, a conversation starter game. My mom does this during di- dessert on Easter. Okay. So when you have coffee and you have cookies, I'm go to your mom's house. My mom's house is fun. It's literally like a carnival wonderland. I would love yeah. this. Yeah. So they have. She has little uh, Easter eggs, and they're full of little uh, questions and conversation starters, and you pass them around. And then you open them up, and then you go around the table, and everyone answers it, and then you do all the things, and the kids love it, right? My nephews and niece specifically love it. So these were some of the ones we got from tonight. Uh, I'm going to give them to you guys. They're not very hard, uh, so, you know, don't don't kill yourself on them. Uh, but just some conversation starter questions from my mom's Easter dinner. Uh, number one, you guys can take this whoever feels like starting. What is the best gift you've ever received? Like, whether a present from Christmas, birthday, Easter, any holiday— like the most vivid gift you ever remember getting. My Barbie doll dream house. Barbie doll dream house. Is that a Christmas for, gift? It was a Christmas present. Mm. I wanted that so bad. Yeah. I came out of the living room and there it was. Did it was all set up it and stuff? It was all set up. That's, Barbie was in there. <laughs> it's pretty good. Everything was there. It's the best. I said this story to my mom and she got a little sad. When I was a kid, uh, when Power Rangers were really popping off, like the, the, the first series, uh, they had the Megazord, and it was mm-hmm. all the little like robots, and you could put them together kind of like Voltron, and they made the, the big Megazord robot. And it was a hot toy mm-hmm. at Toys R Us. And my mom had yeah. called and ordered it like a couple weeks before trying to reserve one. And I remember one night specifically, it was like almost really late at night for like, it was like 7.45 or whatever, right? And Toys R Us was closing, but they got the call, my mom got the call that it was in, and she got me in the car and she raced me up to <laughs> Toys R Us and like drove That's very awesome. fast. So I could get this Megazord. And even though it was like, it's a crummy toy, but like, it was very important at the time. It was a great toy. Kev, you got a gift you remember specifically? Uh, Yeah, man. I got a couple. I love Um, it. uh, The mug that I'm drinking out of that I got for Christmas Uh, this year, that said that I'm going to be an uncle, is a very vivid thing that'll like stick with you, like for opening Mm -hmm. a gift, late life. Um, For my high school graduation, I got a car. I got my first yeah. vehicle, and it was awesome. I had it for like seven years, and mm-hmm. uh, that was great car. really, that really was a great car. And it was uh, really wild, like at the beginning and having this be like, well, here you go, here it is. Yeah. Um, and probably a bunch when I was a kid, that, like if I thought about it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that was like a big one that year. You, I have to say too, there's one I'm, I forgot when I was talking about earlier, but you, Jay and Nick and you and the lads bought me a guitar when I was younger. It wasn't just us. A lot of folks Aww. bought me. A lot of people bought yeah. me. Yeah. It was the early form of like a GoFundMe. Like they just went around, like Jay went around and the boys went around and just yeah, asked was, people for there money. Was like a, there was a guitar in the guitar store that Sam really liked, really coveted, but just like couldn't mm-hmm. swing. It was like, you know, the guitar I have is fine now. Like this would be just mm-hmm. an overspend and all, like in school and stuff. And um, Jay just decided, he got it upon himself. He's like, you know, Sam's a real good guy. He's always doing good for people. We should all chip in and give him this guitar. And he just took it up and everybody's like, nah, he's going to hate it. 
He won't like that. He won't like <laughs> having... That's, that's what I was saying to people. Oh. I'm like, he's not going to be comfortable like with people giving him this gift. It's going to give him a complex. He's going to be a mess. Very he true. can't do it. Very neurotic. And Jay's like, I don't care. I'm doing it. And he did it. And uh, Sam's a mess. He hated it. But he's very glad to have the guitar since then. I, I think I swore at him. I, almost to me, I was like, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, no, yeah. I, I appreciate. It's not that I didn't appreciate it. I just never really do well with people making a fuss I do. about I'm me. The yeah, same yeah. Way. yeah, don't make a fuss. Yeah, don't make. Yeah, it's fine. Um, give me a gift. Don't make a fuss. <laughs> That's uh, the gift to me. Uh, here's a topical one. What is your favorite Easter candy or treat? Favorite Easter candy or treat? Uh, I'll say that uh, I said. I kind of like, I like the little Cadbury eggs, not the filled ones, the little chocolate Cadbury eggs with the candy coating. They only mm. come around on Easter time. Uh, and I mean, it's hard to to knock just a big Easter Reese's peanut butter egg. Those are pretty, pretty great. Hard to say, yeah. Anything for you, Heather? That... I feel like they changed over the years. It used to be Peeps. Like, I used to get Peeps. Peeps are such garbage trash. Yeah. Oh, I agree God. now. Yeah. All the time. They hurt your teeth. Peeps have been horrible. They're horrible back No, then. I loved them. Oh, I could never eat them no now. Way. Then I transferred to Reese's. You know what? I turned off the Cadbury cream eggs that have the cream on oh, the inside. I, I when I was a kid, I liked those. And those, those yeah, those are also I feel like I die if I eat one now. Yeah, they're gross. Those are also revolting. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good at all. <laughs> sorry, sorry, our candy doesn't. <laughs> we like old people candy now. Like Necco wafers. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> What about you, Kev? What's your favorite Easter candy? Non-neko wafers. <laughs> Non-neko wafers, I quit your show. Um, <laughs> I, Easter candy? Reese's is always a heavy hitter oh, yeah. out there. Um, you can always find some sort of weird one-off uh, jelly bean. Like yeah. the Starburst jelly beans are pretty good. Those, whatever the hell that is. You those weird Sour there, Patch jelly beans are pretty oh, good. Those yeah. Sour Patch are pretty good. Those, those are pretty good. Um... I like, for me, when it comes to, like, sweets and stuff, because I don't always love a ton of candy, um, but Easter's great for baked goods. Oh, yeah. Oh, Everybody yeah. shows out at Easter. Like, we, my sister made these cookies that were unreal. My cousin made some amazing, uh, like, vegan carrot cake muffins that oh. were, like, astounding. She used to be one of the bakers down at, like, Bite, so she oh. doesn't mess around mm. with desserts. Like, there's just a whole spread. That sounds so good right So now. it's nice to try stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll do one last one because there's a bunch more. We'll do one last one and then we'll close up shop here. We're already going long this week. Uh, what's your favorite place you've ever visited? Favorite place you've ever visited mm. has to be a place you've been to already, obviously, not a place you'd like to go. Um, I said earlier about this, Montreal. We went to Montreal to play our show. It was a great trip. When we were young men in a band causing a trouble. Great trip. A lot of fun. Uh, and then also, I really liked my trip to Bonnaroo in 2012 in Manchester, Tennessee, because it was the first time I'd been to the South that wasn't Florida. I'd never been to like that area and that climate, and it was uh, it was really cool. It was really different. Um, really enjoyed myself. Plus, uh, you know, Radiohead played there, so that's a big mm-hmm. part of it too. So, mm-hmm. has there any place you can think of? Yeah, um, Beaver Creek, Colorado. Beaver um, Creek, Colorado. Vale, Colorado. What were you doing there? Skiing. Skiing. Yeah. I never been anywhere, but. Macaulay mm-hmm. up in like in New York, so we went out there and it was gorgeous. Probably one of the best days weekends mm-hmm. I've ever had. <laughs> Very nice. Kev, how about you? Favorite place you ever visited? Um, favorite place, uh, favorite trip, and favorite place can be kind of different, right? Because yeah, like, sure. certain times mm-hmm. you'll have a sure. great you'll have a great trip. Mm. It's not necessarily about the place; it's about the trip, and that's how I feel about going out to Chicago to see Lollapalooza. Mm. Um, and it's not even like you know we were that deep, and like Chicago really struck me. Although I liked it a lot, and I thought it was really cool, but it was more about that trip. Um, I had a really good time when we all went down to Florida for our buddy Pat's wedding. That was a great time. Because it was funny to it was fun to have like six or eight 
of everybody down in Florida for an extended weekend, like on the beach and everything like that, in the hotels. Um, a lot of trips like that. I went to California when I was a kid, though. Mm-hmm. It really stuck out when I was in the summer. I was going to seventh grade, and I was in California for like two weeks. I don't think of New York because I lived there, but before I lived in New York, when I used to go visit mm-hmm. my sister in New York when I was like 13, 14, yeah. 15, yeah, for sure. that was like the coolest shit in the world. Like, I was like, oh my God. This is... I feel like that way every time I still go to New York. It's still something. It's still, yeah, it's still me, get that I never sometimes. lived there, so. Uh, all right, that's it. Good job on the, uh, com- that was better than the first game then, I guess, right? Better game. The first, wow. You can't have a game that like requires visual things and writing and being silent. Because it's a podcast. That's well, true. Saying, if we changed to a video cast, if there was a video cast, and then you could watch me sweating, you know, I've thought about what candy bar it is. I've thought about that over the years about whether it would be feasible to like tape the show and put it, it on like YouTube. You would need to, at least for me, for I mean, for my thoughts, um, you would need to do something to make it room. more like a studio. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, it's a dining room. The, it's yeah. got some stuff, but it have to stuff. be it have to be more. I also don't like the idea of having to like dress up. Yeah, then I, have yeah, to then I gotta look, like, make myself. I mean, you're only waist up. You'd wear that. That's out. true. That's a fair point. Uh, all right. Thank you again to everybody. Uh, again, 200 episodes. Uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been excellent. 200 straight weeks. Seems crazy at this point in time. We've recorded on so many holidays and so many events. I don't know why I'd have a reason to not do one now. Besides going on vacation. Can't not do one. If we put that one out when we were in Brooklyn with you, me, and Justin. And we were so drunk, and we recorded a podcast in Adam Goldstein's Brownstone Kitchen. We did, it's true. If we put that one out, then we can't miss one. <laughs> There's just no reason, no way. That was a good cast. I've often thought about what would happen but, if somehow you couldn't do it, and I had to commandeer for a week because I couldn't let it go not um, happening. I've had, I think the contingency plan, if I ever, like, something happened, mm-hmm. what I would, I would hate to do it, but I would probably have to, like, send Justin the format and have him run all of the... The audio stuff while you guys have him just feed you guys content the way I did. You guys have to shut him down. Huh. It'd be tough because I, I don't know. I guess I could teach you how to do it. It's not very hard to do this. I can you, do the audio. I know to work garage band. Yeah. Like, I could do this audio part and everything unless yeah. you're doing any like, specific mix that you have or anything. Not really. It's not too much work. Mm-hmm. But either way, uh, yeah. Well, let's not worry about that right now. I'm not going to. We'll have Heather run it. We're gonna, no, no, no. We're no. going to change to the girl cast. It's going to be Heather and some of the girls. <laughs> we're going to have Katie and Aaron in then. I'm waiting for that one. Uh, Follow Heather at HeatherWaz1, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan, follow me at SFDoom, or just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcast, taking over the web. Uh, we are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. Cyanar, humanoids, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, 200 episodes. Uh, see you 200 more. Yeah, this has been great. Woo.